No, that's not getting cut, Dave. Uh, that's that's going in, even though you gave me the cut it line, the face. I feel like I got to some some of the more important questions. And not the answers, but definitely things that just kept me up at night. Go on. Uh, how come Aquaman can control whales? I mean, whales are mammals. Doesn't even make sense. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of The Style Guide. This is very special for more than one reason. The first reason is that you and I are actually face-to-face. Hey, Dave. It's always a pleasurable experience uh, to see you talk instead of just hear you talk. <laughs> Made it sound weird. Nailed it. <laughs> um, but the second one is that this is our first like, uh, sl- slightly different episode. We're trying something new. We're going to be doing a watch-through of a movie. Uh, live, while wow. so while we watch it, we're going to be talking to each other face to face. It seems like kind of like a we don't get an offer, often opportunity to do something like this, so it's kind of exciting. Yeah, and that movie is The Martian, of course, because of course I, I did an episode on Castaway movies with Theo Sherman. Uh, he was our guest, and you didn't get to talk about The Martian, which is one of your favorite movies. One of my favorite movies of all time, which we'll get into at some point in the episode, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let's not let's not talk yet because yeah. This is a long movie. (laughs) It's a long movie. So the way this is going to work is Dave and I are going to hit play, and we're going to talk along through the movie. We're not going to, like, recap it as it's going on, because that's kind of silly. So you might want to watch along with us at the same time. Yeah, so if you want to do that, then at your house, get Netflix set up, get The Martian on, and when I say play, hit play, and we're going to do the same. And then we're going to watch The Martian and talk. Or you could just listen to us talk about The Martian uh, and not really get the context. If you haven't seen The Martian, that might be harder to do. Uh, yeah, don't don't listen to this episode if you've never seen The Martian. Okay, are you ready? I am ready. So Dave is going to be the one who hit, says play, and he's going to hit play, and then you're going to hit play at home. Three, two, one. Play. Let's see how the timing did. The timing here appears to be almost spot on. Perfect. Which is Great. amazing. Nice. So we're not going to be so, yeah, because of course we're watching this on two separate screens because it was the only way we could set up the recording thing properly. Yeah. So we have our own screen and our own copy of The Martian playing because that's uh, hilarious. Yeah. So I, I love this movie. Yeah. So why don't you, what, what should we, let's explain why did we choose to do The Martian as our first watch through. I have watched The Martian more than I've seen any other movie. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm sure of that. You're Be- positive. Because I watch The Martian almost every night when Hannah is out of town. This is a really cool kind of intro, by the way. Um, the you know, bird fly yeah, thing? It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. I'm not even sure what studio it is, but I like it. Yeah, bird flying studio. Yeah, so you watch it as like you're falling asleep movie. Yeah, so, and I don't even need to watch it anymore. I just need to hear the sounds of... Matt Damon on Mars, yeah. and that's enough for me to fall asleep pretty quickly. Which is funny because I did the same thing, which is what kind of spawned this watch through, is that I started just putting The Martian on at night because <laughs> it was like on Netflix. I hadn't seen it. I watched it finally, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then I watched it again, and I still enjoyed it. And then it became like a a movie that we could just watch, and uh, yeah, you don't have to think too much about it. You just enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this intro is great, because in- the intro here is clearly a take from Space Odyssey 2001, <clears throat> with the sun coming over the Earth, except because it's Martian, the sun comes over Mars, yeah. right? which is a nice, like, this yeah. is what this movie's about. It's yeah. about Mars. Because, like, this is, 
I don't know where they shot this. Do you know where they shot this movie? A green screen? I don't know. It, it's gorgeous, though. Yeah, because it is like a beautiful, like a lot of beautiful landscapes of Mars. So it, it like, it, there's no way that's Earth. <laughs> <laughs> or it's Utah. Like, it's it's either not Earth or it's Utah. Yeah, and then like put like with like a, a red sort of filter thrown filter over it, over top of it or something yeah. to, to make it look a little more like Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I uh, hadn't seen this movie, mm-hmm. so I wasn't really sure what to expect when I first watched it. Yep. And it totally it was everything I expected it to be. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's Mars. Yep. There's astronauts on Mars. And of course, the first sequence here is to figure out like how does he get left alone on Mars? Because yeah. like I think that when you're doing a movie about someone being left alone is the part you need to justify the most is. Well, and it allows us to meet this whole crew that he's gonna miss, and he's gonna miss them throughout the film. But it does a good job of having us miss them because they're all kind of fun and adorable with quick personality moments here. Mm-hmm. And jokes, lots of jokes. We would prefer to use a different adjective to describe Martinez's mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the thing, oh yeah, no go. The thing that I like about this is they're all space doctors, like because Mars astronauts would all have highly specialized skills and that sort of stuff. And and it it's none of that. Like every some of them in space are there needlessly. They're mm-hmm. all there because they're experts in whatever their field is, and that comes across. Some of them are on Mars. Some of them are looking at microscopes. It's cool. Except that they have a hacker for some reason, like a computer hacker, which I think is a waste of a spot Yeah. on the ship. I mean, it makes sense because later they have to use all the hacking to, spoiler, they have to use all the hacking to like block NASA and stuff like that. So they need it for plot-wise. But would you send a hacker to Mars? No, but you might send a computer. Yeah, you would because computer problems happen all the time. Yeah, but aren't they all pretty good enough to deal with computer problems that are all like doctors and PhDs? And what if there's a problem with the computer code? Uh, okay, maybe, but I don't know. It seemed like a, it seems a redundant. My bigger problem is that they're all very pretty. Yeah, no astronauts that pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Except for that Canadian guy that sings. (laughs) Yeah, that Canadian astronaut, whatever his name is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Begin abort procedure. We are estimating with a margin of error. We could wait it out. And this is a great moment where he wants to wait it out. He very clearly says, let's wait it out. Let's not leave Mars. And spoiler alert, Matt Damon's not leaving Mars. Yep. And if they didn't leave, they would have been fine. Right? Because the storm doesn't destroy anything. It totally works. Except the Mav would have tipped. The big ship that they're in? Yeah. The thing that they leave the planet on. Oh, okay. And then they would have been trapped on the planet forever and died. Irony there, because uh, someone does get trapped on the planet forever and does not die. He doesn't die, no. Yeah, but they all would have died because they did not have enough food for that many people. <laughs> oh, yeah, they definitely all. But so, I mean, I know we don't want to, like, hate watch a movie. But, like, you know, I don't want to hate this movie because I love this movie. Yeah. But this is a moment that's kind of weird here is, like, do you really think they'd only send that much food? Like, you sent six people up there. Storms happen. Clearly, they have to, like... They could have foreseen that they might have had to abort. Like, problems can happen. And of all the things they sent, they could have sent a hell of a lot more food. I mean, I guess they could have. But I think if if the kinds of things that go wrong go wrong, it doesn't matter. 
like they would have to send food for years. Yeah. So, for, so there's for, like if you're yeah. if you're not going to send food forever, you might as well just send <clears throat> enough food for the mission. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a couple extra days. Or double, double food. They send oh, double food. For also, the mission. Mark Watney just flew away. Oh yeah. So there's the huge storm part, which I I mean I don't know. It's it's exciting. I guess it's just there's lots of wind blowing and people screaming. Like, this is a very cool scene to watch because they do a good job with visibility and it's a lot darker than the beautiful reds that we see. Yeah. And so it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And this is middle of the day on Mars. Yeah, middle of the day and on it's Mars. it's this dark, which is, like, uh, pretty terrifying. Yeah. Now, here's my question, okay. and I don't know this. Gravity's different on Mars, right? I don't think by much. Uh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> like, if, isn't, it, isn't it heavier? Like... It's harder to walk on Mars than Earth? I'm going to guess no. But I don't have anything to back that up. Well, we can look it up. It's not like that. I mean, it's about the same size as Earth. And it doesn't have atmosphere. I'm looking it up right now. I'm I'm, going to guess that it's 5% less gravity than Earth. I'm going to guess it's 5% more gravity than Earth. Well. Okay, here we go. Here we go. How strong is gravity on Mars? Um, Planet Mars has few things in common. That's, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <clears throat> but I guess that with Earth. But they have, uh, they're about the same size. La 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 la. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, while you're doing that, we're coming up on one of the great lines of this film. Where one of the astronauts says the line, Mark is dead. And it's just so sad. Okay. Mark is dead. It is sad. But you're you're right. But it's not a fraction. It's actually seems to be quite a bit. Someone who weighs 100 kilograms on Earth uh-huh. would weigh only 38 kilograms on Mars. Oh, so it's pretty significant. So it's like almost half. So okay. So you'd be when, floating a little bit more. Yeah. This and you could jump. You could do super jumps. Yeah, you'd be a little bit like Superman. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Mark Mark dies at this point in the movie, or supposedly dies, and of course we know he didn't die. Yeah, but but we get to watch as his crew has to make that decision whether or not to stay and try and find him or leave and and yeah. save their own lives, and they leave, even though we all know he's alive. Yeah, so it's kind of extra sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they do a good job with the music and yeah, the music's nice. The whole the whole soundtrack of this movie is great. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the reason I can fall asleep to it. Because the soundtrack is just so soothing. Yeah. And the whole first half of this movie is just nice and fun. Yeah. Yeah. After right up until point. his potatoes. This is, this is the not fun point. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to launch. Commander. I need you to give the order. <laughs> launch. Boom. And then the launch. And now, no matter what, Mark is stuck on Mars by himself. Yeah. Even if he were to wake up here, he's totally in trouble. Some nice close-ups on everybody's face as they realize, you know, that whole, like, uh, it's that whole, what have we done moment. Have you ever wanted to go to Mars? Like, there was that mission a couple of years ago where they were getting people. Like a uh, one-way mission to Mars? Yeah, the one-way mission to Mars. I mean, uh, I know you, you, you're now a father. Even if I wasn't a father, I wouldn't go on a one-way mission to Mars. No? No. Why not? I, I don't think I'd do very well in space. Yeah, you have some dietary restrictions, too. Yeah, dietary things. You know, I'm not, I'm not the healthiest subject. <laughs> I think if you're going to send anybody, you'd send somebody in better shape because I might not make it to Mars. I'd die on the way. So I wouldn't have got it. There's, I'm, I'm a city dweller. You know, yeah. I like urban environments. Yeah. I like, 
I don't even like camping much, so I don't think I'd do very well as one of the first people on Mars. But if there's like a space trip, like out into space in for like a couple weeks and you get to float around and like look at space and be in a spaceship for a couple weeks, I would do that. Yeah. But I wouldn't go on a one-way mission to Mars forever. I'd have to camp for the rest of my life. So you're cool being a tourist, but not cool with spending the rest of your lived life on Mars or dying along the way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, fair I want it so bad. You would go? I would go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is It is a point of contention with everyone in my life who loves me because maybe it means that I don't love them enough if I decide that I would rather go to the red planet. Mm-hmm. But seriously, I mean, I'd get to be one of the first colonists on Mars and and yeah, set up and the die. beginnings of society. And, and die there. Well, yeah, definitely die. I have no skills yeah. that would be helpful. I'd be the first person to die on Mars. That's what I would be if I went to Mars. That, that'd be cool. Claim to fame. Uh, so we did just miss the press conference moment here, but which is fine. But the press conference is a nice setup for um, uh, what's his name's character, the Jeff uh, Daniels. J- Jeff Daniels is um, head of NASA. That yeah. character, uh, which is a wonderful setup of his, just like this is the head of NASA. He's super professional, good at his job. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think it's a lot more professional than NASA might actually be. Not because I think NASA's is unpro- unprofessional, but because like the way that they present NASA in this is like this great heroic organization that's always firing on all cylinders more or less and there's not a lot of money for nasa like they're a ragtag bunch it's true but in this movie uh the thing we're already believing is that nasa's successfully sending people to mars and getting funding for it so we have to believe that nasa's like everyone loves uh, the earth the world is just like sending money to nasa so they can go to space even though that isn't quite the case but you're right they don't make nasa look dumb in this movie Ever. something i appreciate yeah even though they make nasa like get like the the astronauts turn on them or whatever and mutiny or whatever. yeah but but like nasa doesn't look like they're dumb and the thing that i like about jeff daniel's character and that sort of press conference there is he's good at his job mm-hmm. and he does care about astronauts yeah and he really cares about keeping the the program running and he's doing the right thing yeah even though he might be killing marwati yeah. But he's keeping everyone else alive. Yeah, and Mark Watney accepts that. Like, every one of them accepts that their their life is insignificant in the grander scheme of humanity and the NASA program. Also, let me just say, I am... This, this would be terrifying to me, this part, where he's got a piece of uh, radio antenna jammed through his stomach, mm-hmm. and he has to get inside and get it out, and I just... I would probably die. I think this is the part I'd be good at. You would be the, good at the part where you have to pull it out of your own body, pull parts uh, of that I'd out? Be, I'd be good at the part where it's like, I got something jammed in me. Well, I'm on a planet. I'm get, I'm, I'm alone. I'm going to die. So let's do this. And then I would go and I would just pull it out and I would do whatever, like everything within my power to fix it. Yeah. He obviously knows what to do. So he does it better. Yeah. I would have probably killed myself, but I would have been like focused and got it done and not like cried and laid there and died. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think Oof. that I would be the same. Ah. Hey, I screamed at the same time as him. Yeah, he's great. He screamed, yeah. Uh, so if you didn't hear my scream at the same time as his, you guys are out of sync and you're in <laughs> yeah, some so trouble start, now. Stop again. Start the whole podcast over <laughs> and rewatch it. Yeah. This is uh, this is the uh, the sexy uh, sexy stripping, stripping down bloody shot. Well, and it's good because the next time we see him shirtless, he is going to look emancipated. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> He's not going to look like he is freed. He's, he's going to look like he is hungry. And mm-hmm. I like this whole sequence, though. This, like, uh, 
him having to tear the antenna out, staple his thing, do all this like stuff. Even though it's kind of gross to watch someone like st- pull, reach someone do surgery on themselves. Do surgery on yeah. themselves. It's kind of creepy. Um, but this whole sequence is kind of like this wonderful. Uh, it's our. It's like our. It's our break into Act Two. You know, it's like our our. We start Act Two out with hey. The breaking act two, I guess, is then flying away. But him, like, uh, doing the surgery on himself as, like, the first part of act two is this nice, this is the new world he's in. He has to take care of himself. He has to do everything to himself, by himself. It hurts. He's screaming in pain. It opens with that shot of just Mars empty. He's alone. And it really gives us this this feeling of what he is now going to have to go through and what the rest of this movie is about. Yeah. In a violent, gross, bloody way. Oh, yeah. And what I particularly like about it is this is the most, the, the grossest part of the movie, the most violent, really, thing. Beyond this, the stuff he faces is... It's just like man versus environment. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, so it's great. And it, this, this is a good introduction. It reminds us of his mortality, and he pulls that out like a champ. And then he says the line of the movie that I think I would have said multiple times at this point in a couple of seconds. He says it in a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Why are we, why why are we, why are we vividly are we watching him get stapled? Stapled. <laughs> but again, nice, lovely, uh, lovely, violent transition. And here it is. Just, just he swears. Just he swears once. Yeah. It's, it's That's, the first okay. thing he says after everything has happened. It's just, and yeah. it's just like, oh damn, I'm screwed. Yeah. I thought you were talking about fuck you, Mars, but he doesn't say that till later. And no. It's way funnier when he says. Yeah. Yeah. And um, now, now this is maybe the most unbelievable part of the movie for me. They have these amazing com- <laughs> screens and wonderfully intricate systems. And no, this. I mean, they've they've set this hab up, and it's going to be there for other astronauts in the future, I assume. Right? Like, it's, oh yeah, that's they're right. setting it up for multiple missions and things like that. So I believe this. But it is the part that makes me go, why didn't they just send more food? Look at all the space they got in this place. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, but food is fuel, right? Mm, Every- yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, so this is the uh, now that we're at the point where they uh, they're introducing that mechanic of of letting your your uh, castaway your alone person have a reason a way to monologue yeah <laughs> without them seeming insane like yeah like uh, and Tom Hanks talks to the beach ball yeah. or the volleyball but they don't give him that until like later still there's so much of that where he's by himself right because he I refuses think so. to open the packages yeah but this is like a lovely mechanic him talking recording this for the record so yeah. that NASA can see it's like writing in a diary or whatever but yeah well and and what's great about it is he's admitting that he's totally boned like he i'm gonna i'm probably gonna die anyway and he sets up all the the stakes of this film which is kind of cool because the stakes are he dies on mars alone yeah <laughs> that's the stakes of it yeah and it and it uh i, I don't know have you read the book yeah i have uh, does he record these live, his audio, or does it's, he write them? They're all recorded logs, audio logs. Uh, okay, so it is audio logs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily video logs. In the... I, I don't think they're video logs yeah. in the book. Yeah. yeah, because it's 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 great having this little video. So you get this like shot, and they change it to the grainy kind of thing, so we're watching him talk to the camera. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't seem crazy about it. And this is where I like I say, and I think I said this in the Castaway podcast I did with mm-hmm. Theo, that um, if it wasn't Matt Damon... 
I don't know if this movie would have worked as well. Yeah. It would have had to have been someone as likable as Matt Damon who can pull off that, like, uh, this is going to come as a surprise. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of charming nature of him. And that we can look at him and just really, we just like him. We like I, him. I think it could have been Keanu Reeves. Nobody else does. <laughs> but again, we have we have more movie where it's largely silent. And or not silent, but, you know, background noise as he's kind of absorbing the the weight of his situation, the gravity of his situation. Hey. And you have to do that because having him just continue to talk to the com- to the computer, it doesn't work. No. We need these moments of isolation and aloneness where he thinks he's d- going to die. He can't think of a solution. Yeah, and I like how they do this where he is just thinking and he's got his arms crossed and he's watching video of like, the hab taking damage and where the energy is. And yeah. It's just like he's waiting for it to explode and he's just waiting and he's waiting. Uh, so this is like, you know, he's, he's debating like, what the hell do I do? How do I get out of this? Is there a solution? Am I just going to die? I guess I'm just going to die. I'm yeah. going to lay here and I'm going to wait until this thing explodes. Until we get to the moment coming up where he says like, he literally says, I'm not going to die here. Yeah. Is that what he says? Like, yeah. It's coming up. I don't know. I don't remember what it is. Uh, when he realizes... There's got to be a way out of this. I got all this stuff. Look at all this stuff I got. Yeah. He, he MacGyvers. Like, this is, this is the... He's, he's going to take what he has here and find a way to use it in, to craft a solution, despite the fact that there is no solution. Like, yeah. And he's looking at, like, his crewman's stuff, and he's like, these people, people, I love people. Yeah. I don't want to die. I love people. And like, I want to be alive. Yeah. Life. Here it is. Is this it? Yep. I'm not going to die. Yeah, Boom, Matt Damon, you're not going to die here. <laughs> so the first thing he says is fuck. The second thing he says is I'm not going to die here. Yeah. I think we could do this whole movie just with those two things he says out loud to himself. Yeah, again and again and again. <laughs> that's, the whole def- that's the whole script and story of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and so he does what you do in Castaway movies, the uh, classic let's do some inventory. Yeah, let's do let's do an inventory. And, and it introduces us to the space. Like we get a feel for what the the – Hub, hab, 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 habitat, habitat, habitat. Yeah, we get a feel for. At least I think that's what it stands for. Maybe it stands for like habitat and bathroom, H A B. Habitat and bathroom. That's it for sure. Yeah. And and we get to see the list of what the food is here. And this is I like this because sweet and sour chicken, beef stew with noodles, beef teriyaki, (laughs) vegetable stew. Like mac and cheese. They do it. They send astronauts some good stuff nowadays. Yeah, they set you up real good here. Cause Anything we can microwave here on Earth, we can microwave here on Earth because they send them to space, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. And and well, military as well, like sending rations to military people. Like they've that that, that food's gotten pretty good. Like you can get like beef steak beef steak sandwiches now oh, and yeah. like military ration oh, yeah. packs and everything. Yeah. Like they've gotten pretty intense with food. Yeah, I. I had one of those when I was a youngin. Hey, look, the Thanksgiving potatoes. Oh, yeah, this is the moment potatoes. where he remembers there's potatoes. Yeah. Which I got to say, if there's one thing you can grow anywhere, it's potatoes. Yeah. You ever grown potatoes? I have never grown potatoes, but I believe it because... Yeah, we had a garden for a while where... Oh, well, this is a good sequence. I mean, I can talk about potatoes. We can talk later. over it. Talk about potatoes here. But this is his This is his second transmission where he's like... Yeah. Decided to... Uh, He's save himself. Yeah, he's do he's given the plan. Yeah, he's and he's super happy. He's energetic. He's upbeat. He he's yeah. snacking. He's, he's and this is where he says that like luckily, I'm a botanist, which is a great like, uh, and the classic. We got we actually got to watch this bit. <laughs> there it is. 
Mars will come to fear. My botany powers. Like, <laughs> such a dumb line. <laughs> no great. real botanist would say that. Um, anyway, uh, we were growing potatoes in our backyard when we had like a garden. And Missy planted potatoes like once. Yeah. And a bunch of them grew. And we found more potatoes. And it's like, great, we got more potatoes. And then we would go back out there, just grab potatoes anytime we needed potatoes. And it seemed like there were always potatoes in the garden. And they just kept like years, like two years worth of potatoes came just because we threw some in the ground. Sorry, Missy threw some in the ground. I clearly didn't. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't potato that. Yeah, but it was kind of funny. You just go and dig up potatoes from the backyard and then you'd have fresh potatoes. Well, so they grow pretty damn good. Yeah. And this is where we aren't botanists, so we don't know if this plan would actually work. What do you think? I mean, uh, I all parts of it seem believable to me. Like I know that I know that the fertilizer plan makes sense. The weird mm-hmm. cataloging different people's poo, like the way that the toilet, like depending on who poos, it knows who poos, and then it marks it on the package, all so that he can have the joke later on where he oh, makes Martinez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's a weird moment for me because I mean maybe NASA would catalog people's feces but i don't know why but also when you're on like when you're flying through space everyone's eating the exact same thing there's yeah. not like options so yeah. that your poo's gonna smell worse than my poo necessarily yeah. unless unless your poo smell is related to food is, is related to you as a human and your genes than it is to yeah. the food tree so you you your gut bacteria and yours is not very good might result in a different poo smell than mine <laughs> definitely welcome definitely. to the style guide folks <laughs> extended discussions about feces yeah but anyway, um, I believe this. This seems believable enough. Yeah, they do do a good job of it. Yeah. And this, like, uh, yeah, and I love watching the setup of the of yeah. the field that he's building because yeah. that is where it's like it really uh, brings you into Mars. his world. There's my favorite line: <laughs> "Fuck you, Mars." <laughs> it's a great greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he builds a greenhouse. He puts up the plastic things, and this I don't know. I'm sure a real botanist uh, or real like astronaut, either of those two, either an astronaut or a botanist. Would uh, would watch this and go, this is all of this is not possible. <laughs> I mean, it seems more believable than the movie Gravity. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Gravity, she should have died for sure. Him, he seems resourceful enough, but that might be because it's Matt Damon and not Julia Roberts. Sandra Bullock. Really? Yeah, Sandra Bullock. Oh. Yeah, and this this sequence again with that like him puking at the poop and the nose things and stuff is that it's just a lovely like. Look at the struggle this guy's going through to stay alive here. Yeah, he's a human being. It's like, it's not easy. It's hard. It's gross. It's gritty. It's disgusting. But the music is light. Oh, one more shot of him shirtless, but he's not as muscular. No, he is. He's still definitely attractive Matt Damon. Yep. And they do like a, I like how he's, um, so the potatoes, we've seen those already. They've introduced them to us. The, uh, The like little bottle that he drinks grape juice out of. Right, they show it to us, and then they have him uh, using that to yeah. make the potatoes. So, like, they introduce all the objects that we see, and then we see them, which is nice. He doesn't need to say what it is; they just show us. You know, as much as this movie has monologuing out loud, yeah. they do a pretty good job of like showing and not telling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this this is the scene that I usually the last thing I remember before I fade off really into Rocket sleep. Fuel one? Yeah, the one where he's he's doing the. Explaining how he's going to make water. Which, Which just goes to show that he's more than just a botanist. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he'd have to be. Like, And all the science behind this seems to make sense to me. Like, I think I might get to the same place, but I wouldn't do it. Like, I wouldn't... I, do, I don't know if I'd... 
You would not be able to do this. No. Don't even pretend you'll be able well, to no, make but, water. No, but like the thing to remember is that he's got some amounts of extra training on top of this. So maybe if I had that, but I wouldn't be like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take the, the hydrazine out of the thing, bring it in. Here. Like, I wouldn't risk building a bomb. Martinez's personal items. I am sorry, Martinez, but if you didn't want me to go through your stuff, you shouldn't have left me for dead on a desolate planet. That's fine. See, this is again they make they make him so charming in this movie that it makes it that you can handle watching him. Yeah. For an hour, he's he's. Uh, I like Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know people watching. Maybe you don't like Matt Damon. If you don't, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You a Ben Affleck fan or something? Yeah. Oh, Ben Affleck. No, I love Ben Affleck. I don't. Mm-hmm. Why did I even say that? I just wanted people mm-hmm. to think I was cool. And yeah, so this is the fun, like, this is the second hurdle of him, like, making water, yeah, making water, like, but the second, like, uh, first he had to get the staples out of himself, yeah, and now it's the potatoes, and boom, hilarious explosion, bit of a setback, <laughs> but good gag, super funny, <laughs> him all blown up, and he's literally smoking as he sits down in front of the camera, but it's such a good gag, it's totally worth it, yeah, well, and and he sets it up really well when he says this is how rocket fuel was started. It's yeah. always a good idea. Like he explains mm-hmm. that this is going to blow up, yeah. so that it can blow up. And he said that's how the what got started. The, the um, that's how we got rocket fuel. That's how the fuel. jet propulsion program. The jet started. propulsion program, yeah, the JP JPL or whatever lab lab, which is what we meet later on. Right, we meet all those guys from JPL. Oh, yeah, yeah, and so it's like they set them up here that that we're gonna meet those guys. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then him in his ridiculous. Yeah, here, oh, here it is, right here. Interesting side. Actually, the jet propulsion oh, okay. JPL, which are the people that we meet pretty soon. I don't know. This is. I can't remember when that comes up, but it comes up eventually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but again, this is the thing that that I I love about this. He failed the first time. He almost blew himself up. He's gonna do it again. Keeps going, and it works. And it works. And now, but now he is wearing like shiny, like yeah. just in case it blows up. He's ready this time. Yeah, the yep. first time he was so cocky. Yep. And and this this is maybe the first moment where it feels like oh he's gonna yeah. he can do this. So this is my favorite. This is where to me I don't fall asleep at this at that part. Mm-hmm. What I usually do though is I start at the explosion part. So I just oh. skip okay. the first bit. And then I watch up until, like, this part. I, this is the part I like falling asleep to. Yeah. Because it's, it's happy and fun. Yeah. And the music kicks in nicely. And we see all these nice scenes of him just, like, cleaning his helmet. And, like, yeah. walking around drinking coffee, checking on his crops. Doing chores. Getting the sun thing set up. Is he just living and it's 54 days later? Is that? Uh, no. It's only because ni- 19 is when he wakes up. So we're looking at 30. So 30 days. days or so pass by and yeah. he's eating and he's wearing, like, just normal clothes. He's just a dude hanging out on Mars. And then, boom, the crops are growing. He's super excited. And this is maybe the most stereotypical, like, space scene. Like, when he looks and he finds the little leaf growing. I I saw that exact same shot in Sunshine. I'm sure it's in... No, it's this part where he reaches down and he touches the leaf and he says, Hey there, little fella. Or something like that. Hey there. (laughs) And you're like... And to me, it's like they did that just because they wanted that shot at the end to yeah. mirror this bit. Yeah. And it never feels right. It feels a little too late on. I, I don't like it. I prefer the opening shot of just space, like where it's just like all the stars. Yeah. And then the sun comes up over Mars. That's a good way to end. Yeah. Or that's a good way to start it. Yeah. We didn't need this no. plant. Thing, no. Personally. And then his funeral, which and comes her. at the right moment. Yeah. Right here. And they ensure his sacrifice will not be in vain. Yeah, so this introduces us to like the B story, I guess, which 
as the movie goes on, becomes kind of the main story because his story becomes driving. Yeah. Which is kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> what what particularly I like about it is no one here is his girlfriend or his wife. He doesn't he doesn't have a partner here waiting for him. Mm-hmm. The only people back home are his parents, mm-hmm. and we never see them, mm-hmm. which is great. So they're not trying to drive that part of this. is just a separate story connecting to his story. Yeah, and it's the other perspective of the same event, right? Yeah. So like if that happened, there's a huge explosion. They abandoned all this stuff on Mars. All these astronauts are retreating a guy dies yeah. what's the other side of it is sort of the bureaucratic like and the politics behind how can it we reuse the things that you love the politics i love the politics of this this scene here where he's explaining why he can't yeah. see it and then he comes up with a good political justification for it this is my west wing democracy porn yeah. right now mm-hmm. yeah if he we can't show his dead body because no one's going to want to like yeah. space anymore no one's going to care in a year we have to take advantage of this now yeah we tell them we're going to bring his body back, but we're not. Like, it is all, like, super political. Uh, and then, but I, what I like is that it doesn't make you like these guys less. They, no. they do a good job of, like, still being likable. And it, maybe it's, like, Jeff Daniels maybe don't like him so much in this scene. But Vincent Kapoor, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, 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 what's Jim? We should have had the IMDb. But we wouldn't be able to pronounce it even if we had it. his name. I don't know his last name, but Chinuit. He is such a good guy. You like him so much. Yeah. Which is funny because we hate him. No, we love him in Serenity. Like we love to hate him. He's such a good bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he is, he's great. So this whole scene, yeah, sets up the politics of it, sets it all up and like still manages to not make us not like these guys. So that later when they find out he's alive, which is coming up soon, they figure it out pretty quick. Uh, we see how they change from like, oh man, screw all of the other missions we're doing. We're gonna do everything we can to bring this astronaut back. Yeah, which is a nice like, a nice shift to like that whole idea of like no man left behind. Like everyone, like we can't leave an astronaut in space because then we'll leave all the astronauts in space. But here's the funny thing: if that scene had gone the other way, and they and he he'd been like, no, you can't use the satellites to see him. Mark Watney probably would have been fine. Because what happens once they start to make contact is that's when things start to go wrong. Like they go right in other ways, but his plan of getting, of having enough food to last until the next mission comes, maybe that would have still worked out. Well, no, because the explosion that destroys his crops had nothing to do with NASA watching him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He would have died. Yeah, and then they introduce this character, who I assume, I mean, you've read the book, so maybe she has a bigger role in the book. But it seems like there's like a weird, like, hidden story here that we aren't getting about her, like, falling in love with watching an astronaut through space or something. But but it's it's not in the book either. She's just this little character. In fact, her character in the book basically becomes the primary point of contact for Mark Watney, Mm -hmm. just because... That's the way that the publicity thing, like the, the publicity of it fell out. And she gets kind of pissed about it because all she's doing is checking up on Mark Watney. She's not doing actual astronaut work or space work. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, it, she's not angry about it, but she's just like, man, I want to do something helpful instead of just chat with Mark Watney in Mars. But <laughs> the all of this Earth stuff is much lighter in the in the books. There's... We don't hmm. get to know the characters as well. And that makes perfect sense yeah. from book to film. Because in a book, like, 
you can just follow Mark Watney and his personal story and he yep. can think things and you can hear his thoughts. Yeah. But in a movie, because you can only do the thoughts so much that you have to actually say things out loud. So these characters are doing a lot more moving around and talking than his character is. So it's yeah. it, you focus a little more on it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is uh, uh, Kirsten Wiig yeah. makes an appearance here, which is kind of, and she's sort of funny in this scene, but then she's not really, that, then yeah. she's not. The she's not Kirsten Wiig funny, which I really loved. How are we going to handle the public? Legally, we have 24 hours to release. This is, I also don't believe Legally? this part. Legally? What's that? What is that? <laughs> well, presumably they're public, because they're publicly funded, blah, blah, blah. I believe that's true, but mm. I believe that if they found this, NASA would hide it. You think they would hide it? I don't what? think they would, no. No, Until no. they had a plan. Maybe, yeah. Because right now, he's going to die anyway. Yeah, but like, it gets people excited about the space program. <laughs> yeah, but then he dies in space. So I think if they were really wanting to get people excited for the space program, they would talk oh. about it. Oh, yeah, and here's our first, this is our first disco music scene? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they have the disco music joke. Because we is, saw Happy Days a little earlier. Which is a weird, like, uh, why would it be Happy Days and disco music? But I don't care. I well, like it. I have two questions here. Yeah. Why Why is she the only one that brought any media? She's captain. She brought Happy Days and disco music. Um, the captain can do it. Um, I, I know it's, it's a funny joke that she only brought disco music, but I think that choice is such a great choice to make because now the whole soundtrack of this movie is yeah. disco music, yeah. uh, which is... Which all leads up to the credits song of uh, Staying Alive, right? Yeah. Which is like, they're playing all this disco music except for Staying Alive. Or not Staying Alive, sorry. At first I was afraid I was petrified. Uh, I will survive. I, I will survive. survive that hey, one. Hey, uh, yeah. So like, everything's leading up to that one song and they don't play it throughout this whole thing, which is the classic song for this whole movie. It's yeah. him yeah. not going to give up. He will survive, right? So it's like Hey, nice, hey. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now here's where I definitely like this plan would never have worked for me. Him driving? You don't think he would have made it? Uh, no, he. I believe he would have made it. I would like. Let's pretend that I got this far. I would okay. not have thought I'm gonna leave my safe environment and travel three thousand kilometers. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Well, how are you gonna get saved then? I don't know, but that's an insane plan. This is the. I think this is the only plan I could have possibly come up with, which I would have died dying because I don't know how to do this kind of stuff, but. You know, I would have been like, well, I got to get to where they're going to get to in a few years. So. Yeah. Might as well start planning the trip. Like, you know. I'm going to have to science the shit out of this. Classic. Now, what the audience didn't see is me point at the screen for that line, yeah, but you guys get to hear it. So Yeah, it's science great. the shit out of this, which, again, that's close to the whole um, botany powers. Yeah, where they Mars is going to come to fear. Yeah. They take a scientist and make them so cool and attractive. Yeah. <laughs> which, and it's, and it's not that there aren't cool and attractive scientists. Hey, scientists out there in the audience. <laughs> It's no, that's not getting cut, Dave. Uh, okay. That's that's going in, even though you gave me the cut it line, the face. But yeah. it's just that everyone's so great, and, yeah. and that's fine. It's a superhero movie, like it's. But, a, you know, it's. Uh, I'm I'm in, I'm in favor of anything that makes people excited about science. Yeah. Yeah, science the shit out of this. Sure, science the shit out of it. I like it. It's a good line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So other hurt. Now, so this is again just like the fun of him encountering hurdles. Yeah. He's freezing. Yeah. He's been blown up. His life is hard. Yeah, his his life is hard, but it it never feels so hard that we're constantly pitying him. Like we don't really pity him much in this movie because he's so fun. And I also am not worried yet. So this is the other thing. It's like you yeah, know, this is why I I've still maybe not fallen asleep yet. <laughs> yeah, 
because I'm having fun listening to him try and get out of this, right? It's all so fun and games at this point. It's all fun and games. It's fun and games. It, yeah, and, and that's a great thing for me to fall asleep to is the fun and games. Exactly. So, like, yeah. they're back in NASA trying to figure out how to get him back. He's trying to figure out how to get alive. Everything's so fun, and, and yeah. you're just having a good time, which is where the once the explosion happens, which is probably still in, like, 20 minutes, who knows, and it yeah. all gets really sad. That's when I usually stop watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing about the book. The book was written yeah. online, released chapter at a time. Cool. It was just serialized by the guy. He had no intention of making any money off it. He was just writing it for fun um, and as wrote it as he went, obviously, and then published it as he went. And when he finished, he's like, oh, well, there's no reason to turn this into a book because everyone who wants to have read it has read it. And he turns it into a book and it just explodes. Everyone loves reading it and it... It really takes off, but it just starts off as this guy just hmm. basically blogging his book. That's great. That yeah. sounds, I did not know that. Yeah. Nice. And so is it written in... Um, oh, yeah. This is the least disco song she has. Pretty funny. Looking for hot stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the struggles he has to do. Yeah. This is the same actor who plays Jason Bourne. Yeah. Blows my mind. Um, yeah. Uh, you were saying... Um, the the serial. So is the book written like... Is it all audio logs? Almost all of it is audio logs. There are a couple of email back and forth when he can email, and the stuff that takes place, Some there's some flashback stuff. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't that, know that. Because they don't start with him getting the how he gets trapped. He's they, trapped, yeah. and then it flashes back. Yeah, yeah that point. makes way more sense for a book. Yeah. 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 I think they could have even done that in the movie, too. They could have. But it works how they did it, yeah. Yeah. To what end? Why would he leave the relative safety of the hab? That's my favorite line. Relative safety of the hab. She had to point out this is relative safety because, like, it's important that we know that because <laughs> it's not safe. Yeah, <laughs> it's only relative. Yeah, <laughs> he's alone. He's a million miles from home. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Kristen Wiig just the, her facial expressions. Don't say bring him home alive, Vincent. You know what? These interviews aren't easy. <laughs> yeah, and here's where we meet uh, Boromir. Yeah, who doesn't die in this movie? Doesn't die in this but movie, but gets fired. He does get fired, so it's like a it's a, it's a character death. death. Yeah. yeah, it's a character death. Yeah. And he falls <laughs> on his own sword, which is a good death. Yeah, and he totally stands like he, he totally uh, looks like such a defeated dude. This whole movie, which is so funny to me, he's just like, oh my, I'm the worst. I've lost an astronaut. It's my fault. Even though it's not his fault, but he's like defeated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I assume all of these people. Were astronauts at one point, right? The like NASA staff. No, like, isn't that how isn't that how NASA works? No. There are like seven people who have been astronauts, Dave. Like, there's not a no, lot. There's of lots of people that have been astronauts and gone into space and stuff. But there's more. There's probably four people in space right now. Like, I like that you say that there's lots of people who have been astronauts. There's lots of people who have been astronauts. There have been. There are 46 active astronauts and 36 management astronauts who yeah, are no yeah. longer eligible. How many people have been astronauts? Hundreds? Thousands? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> but to me, oh, so here's here's where we're meeting the JPL for the first time. And he oh, yeah. calls them JPL, right? We yep. meet him. And we see that they're the ones that are doing all the amazing stuff that is the impossible things to do. Yeah. There have been five hundred and thirty six people in space. There we go. That's a lot. Total. Only 24 have been beyond low Earth orbit. 
Cool. Yeah. Uh, but point being, everyone yeah. who works at NASA, I assume, went through the astronaut training and would have gone into space if there was a spot for someone to go into space. Like these are all top super smart people. Isn't I, that how NASA works? I don't think so. I thought they don't just. I mean, hire they're all super. They're they all superstar. They don't hire executives that are. Everyone is eligible to go into space. That, I don't that think works so. At NASA. For example, one of those characters has glasses. Which one? Uh, didn't Mindy Park have glasses? She did, yeah. But yeah, she, and so uh, did Elwin Elwin der Chan, the 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 assassin. He's only just recently gotten glasses, though, because <laughs> he's just getting old and they're reading glasses. Um, <laughs> true, true. Okay, true, true, true. I mean, and that's the only thing that I know that disqualifies you from being an astronaut. It's one of the things. <laughs> also, being me would disqualify. Yeah, you from having stomach time. problems. But I assume everyone who works at NASA had to go through a lot of like crazy, awesome smarts tests. They're all smart people. I don't know. I feel like it's any bureaucracy where lots of people may be smart. But I mean, most of this knowledge of NASA is based on Apollo 13 in the margin. So yeah, this is how a, much of that can I trust? Yeah. And the new uh, movie Hidden Figures, Hidden Faces. Clearly none of my knowledge is based on that movie that I haven't seen. It's, it's about the, the African-American women who help with the Apollo program. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Apparently it's going to be good. That I'm actually that does sound pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so here we have more of this like they're putting their plans into action. So he's doing his plan, they're doing their plan. They're trying to uh, figure out how to get him back. Yeah. JPL is trying to figure out how to send a supply mission. He's yeah. trying to figure out how to get communication with NASA. Yeah. And they have the, the, this lovely the lovely moment of them trying to figure out what what he's doing. And he's just hoping they're doing something. He doesn't yeah. have to do it. He doesn't even think they know he's alive. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. And this is it. Vincent Kapoor, I need a map. Oh, we should just call him Vincent Kapoor because we can both say that name. Yeah, it's his character's name. Yeah. I just don't know the actor's real name. Well, we know it. We just... I only know the first name. Yeah. Jim. I'm going to call him Jim. Jim or Vincent Kapoor. Vincent Kapoor. Yeah. Um, but then... this part of like them going and taking a map off the wall is... is Silly. To me, I like it. I think, I think it's a... It's a if I was writing a screenplay and we needed a map, yeah. instead of them going to like the computer they're in front of and pulling up a map, yeah. I think they running into the cafeteria and getting a map is nice. It gives the the, the space that they're in yeah. and they're all trapped in and like uh, the, that is being cleaned to show that it's late at night and yeah. like they're working after hours and they're working extra late. I think it's I think it's a much better idea to have them take a map off the wall. And but at the first time I saw it, I'm like, that's unbelievable. And then like two days later, I was laying in bed. I'm like, oh, I need to write a note. I set my phone down and walked to my living room and wrote on a piece of paper. I could have written that note mm -hmm. into my phone, but no. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and there's JPL right on the screen. JPL so. on the screen because it's the Jet Propulsion Lab, and it even says Jet Propulsion Lab on the bottom. Yep. And Vincent goes, he shows up, and then they pull out that the, the thing that's actually went to Mars? Yeah. Right? Sure. Uh, I mean, I uh, presume it did. Yeah, the, uh, what's it called? Uh, Serenity. Nope. It's called Pathfinder. Pathfinder. And it really did go to Mars in like 1998 or something Yeah, that like sounds that, right. Right? That, that sounds right. To take the first photos of Mars. Like I remember something about that when I was a teenager. I was 11 years old. Yeah. Something about the first photos of Mars and it's like, oh, wow, they sent something to Mars. Yeah. And it just stood there and took photos and sent them home and that was about it. Yeah. But it had a, something that could send a signal to and from Earth, which is what Mark Watney being, he scienced the shit out of this. Yeah. Now here's a question. How did he find where it was? Like he knew... He knew the coordinates so he knew the the wide open plane that he had to search yeah 
It's still a wide open plane. But it's like they they knew the exact coordinates when it got shut down. Right. So yeah, but he went to that exact spot, not I guess that like general plane. <laughs> but I guess I well, you know what? This is something dumb. Lat- latitude and longitude. How specific can it get? Really specific. Okay. There's one spot that is where we are right now. Whoa. It's not like uh, this whole okay. neighborhood is one spot. Okay. Well mm-hmm. then. Which is like that you see here read about that kid that got lost in the forest. He went out for a hike in the forest with like some new Christmas present he got and he got lost and he only had like 4% on his battery. So he sent his mom the text message with his Google Maps uh, longitude latitude. And they could find him easily. And then they found him. Isn't that amazing? Future's amazing, man. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. GPS. I don't know how GPS works. I have no idea. But it's magic. I know that there are global positioning satellites. Interesting. And they do this neat little, this part here with the reveal of Pathfinder in this film, uh, I think would mean more to people who knew Pathfinder. Because <laughs> I bet you didn't know what Pathfinder was when you watched this. I didn't know what Pathfinder was when yeah. you watched this. And so he's going to dig something up. Mm-hmm. And there, I know what he's going to get. And then yeah. he goes to the JPL lab, doesn't say what it is. And then he walks in and they go, let's open up. They pull the curtain off right when he digs it up. And he says, Pathfinder. Yeah. And we all are supposed to go, which I kind of do, even though I didn't know what Pathfinder was before. Yeah, it's just the, it's this moment where they recognize, so mm-hmm. we're we're in support. And I think it's the first moment where a fictional timeline of man stranded on Mars aligns with actual timeline yeah. of real things we've done sending to Mars. You know, it's going to be devastating if we find out later that Pathfinder wasn't a real thing. I'm gonna look it up because if it's not a real thing, then I just destroyed the world. And then here's him, you know, using more technology to help him defeat Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Mars Pathfinder is a real thing, 1997. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then them sitting around in chairs waiting for him to figure out what he's doing with it. And they're like, they are just hoping yeah. that he's actually going to get it working. Like, yeah. They have no idea. Because they're hoping that it broke in a way that he can fix. Yeah. And it's so fun. And actually, you know, now that you mentioned that this is serialized, like the guy mm-hmm. was writing on online. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it is written almost in these like nice, I mean, the movie anyway. I don't know if the book is the same, but it's written in these nice bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Like problem, this problem. What's the next problem? This problem. What next? This problem. And it's just like constant series of little problems that each could be their own little chapter. Which is why this, in some ways, it doesn't feel... Like it, I mean, it feels like a movie for sure, but my, uh, a, a lot of movies would, would have, it feels like it doesn't have the traditional set of beats, I guess. Like, there is no romantic subplot here. Really, it's like he, his, the, the big setback is the potato setback, I guess. Well, that's when he starts to die. Yeah, yeah when, he, when, he, when he really starts to die. But up until that point, he has lots of little problems that he's solving. And mm-hmm. and it fits into what we call the fun and games section. Yeah, and lots of this is just fun and games. Yeah. Right? But there, until the potato blow up setback, and yeah. then it's not fun and games anymore. And now it's things getting worse and worse. Yeah. But this that's where the movie shifts, right? And and uh, where it stops following Mark Watney and starts mm-hmm. following the people on Earth. Because following Mark Watney at that point, he's just starving to death slowly. Yeah. There's no real other bad guys that are going to get him. Yeah. But on Earth, there are lots of bad guys to get them. The plan yeah. doesn't work. This, They yeah. have to skip the checks. They had to do this. So things yeah. keep going wrong that, that kind of force them to uh, 
Yeah, that make that story more compelling. And I think yeah. Theo and I talked about this when we did our full podcast on Castaways of like in a Castaway movie, the second half of the movie is where we start following people that are trying to find him. Yeah. <laughs> like because following just the person gets kind of boring at that point. Yeah. So that last scene where they turn the camera towards the are you receiving yes or no? Yeah. For the first maybe 10, 15 times I watched it, I thought they turned the camera to no. Mm. But he recognizes that that means that they can see it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why I thought that. I know why. Because the way the camera's set up is it's looking forward with like two eyes almost. Right. But there's a little stick pointing off to the left, a little nubbin like the antenna. So it looks like when he's looking at yes, the nubbin is pointing to no. So it looks like it's point. that's the pointer, but it's actually the two eyes, which yeah. he eventually fixes by putting a stick on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Also. Uh, get to watch him eat his potatoes. Hexadecimals. Hexadecimals. Yeah. Hexadecimals to the rescue. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, I mean, he, there's lots of ways to solve this problem. But hexadecimals is a clever... Yeah, it's a nice, thing. elegant solution. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's, a, it's the, the whole thing. This whole movie is science overcoming yeah. obstacles. <laughs> like, they want to do a science-y thing. Yeah. They don't want to just have it like... An alphabet where you exclude X, Z. Or you just make X, Y, and Z one spot, and then you have to figure out which yeah. one it is for yeah. like a yeah. few of the letters. Yeah. Uh, like a phone book. Like a phone <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a great science solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, this is, like, so these little things are the things that make me, like, make you go, yeah, wow, he's so smart and capable. Because, like, if I had to set up a circle with signs, I probably would have just eyeballed it. Or, like, <laughs> like you know, or yeah. gotten, like, a stick that was the same length and then put that and made sure I put it there and then put it in. Yeah. But he grabbed a string and then drew a circle on the ground like you do in math class. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally like a compass. He just made a compass. The but it's because he knows that they have to do the exact same thing on Earth. And, and he's, this is where he's an astronaut and yep. science and making sure everything is perfect yep. and, and right, which is why you and I would have not survived on Mars. Yeah. I was trying to think about, like, after this, I'm like, oh, man, could you do a similar sort of story to this but set it on Earth? I was trying to think of different ways you could do that. <laughs> Set this story on Earth? Y- yeah, like how would you Cast do away. your version? Yeah, but Castaway is, it doesn't have the fun, right? Like the the thing that I don't like about Castaway is the fun in games in Castaway isn't at all fun. Like you feel bad for yeah, you're Tom worried Hanks about the whole him. time. Whereas this guy, you feel happy for and you're enjoying his adventures. Because Tom whole... Hanks is a FedEx guy. This guy is a astronaut, science, super scientist, scientist botanist. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, and and I, I I don't know. Like you you set it in like a a town that has been taken over by terrorists. I don't know what you do. Uh, I think when I talked uh, when Theo and I did our podcast about this, uh, we were trying to think of like what would your castaway movie be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what did I I think one of us said or I said was underwater, right? Yep. Like you're stranded underwater in like yep. a submarine or something. Yeah. Which is sort of the movie Abyss, but... Um, yeah, kind of, yeah. But, because, um, like, you need to be isolated and far enough away, so it makes the whole, like, astronaut thing not quite yeah. doable. That super smart, capable person. Yeah. Um, you could do an Arctic exploration one if you wanted. Yeah. I mean, I guess the the easy... The, the thing is that 
you can be found at any point relatively easily on earth yeah yeah and so we you're trapped in the arctic and they're like well they, they need artificial means to stop you like there's just a storm over you the whole time or something yeah i mean you could probably get away with something like a bunch of scientists in the arctic or a bunch of scientists anywhere really just yeah. doing science yeah and world war three breaks out yeah it's true and so things are bombing america's getting destroyed everything everyone's fighting and so you can't really communicate with people to get back and so you just have to survive in this horrible yeah. spot that you're in yeah even though the world is falling apart and you're going well yeah. i deal with this yeah like the movie uh the hundred or not the movie, the Netflix series. The oh, the one that I watched one episode of and couldn't continue watching. That and I you decided to watch every season of. Yeah. Um, the the premise being all the astronauts that were in space right. at the time of yeah. a big atomic war joined together in one big like space station, and then now they live in space. And, yeah, and it's a hundred years later, and they send a hundred people down to Earth. Blah 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so here we are. We're now at the point where he's actually like typing back and forth with NASA. Yeah, emails. And or they're so huge. Messaging. They're huge. Uh, everyone's so happy that he's alive and he can, yeah. they can talk to him. And it is really touching, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And this moment where he asks how the crew is doing. Yeah, because of course he would, because those are the people he's connected to. But this this whole set says that, that beautiful like ah. Oh. I feel so happy for him. He he's like crying. He's so happy. They're so happy. He asks about the crew, and then he tells them, and then it's super funny, <laughs> which is a thing this yeah. movie does really well: is go back and forth between yeah. this sort of serious touching, this suspense, and then the comedy, which I think is what makes it such a rewatchable movie. Yeah, yeah. there's so much funny, fun uh, games, yeah, stress, yeah. tension. After he gets blown up the first time, the next shot we see is him smoking. Like he's physically, there's smoke yeah. coming off. His, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It, every time there's tension or something, it cuts the tension with a good joke, yeah. with, a, mm-hmm. with a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, right like here, where he realizes that the crew hasn't been told that he's alive. And the guy reading his reply. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll listen to it because it's so funny. Uh, yeah. We see him swear silently, yeah. and then we know what he's typing, and then this is... This is. <laughs> okay, he says, they don't know I'm alive. What the F word? F word in German form, F word again is wrong with you. <laughs> F, F word, F word in gerund form, F word again is wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> Nerd jokes. What the F effing F is wrong with you. So funny. Like, what a great way to, to put that, like, just to relieve the tension of the moment, and, and the... Yeah, was great. And then we're live. Yeah, here, let me hit you with some even more stuff. So, like, it's great. Lovely. Yeah. Yep. It's a delight. And then we don't even know what he said. And yes, then sir. to the He's president. under a tremendous amount of <laughs> He's stress. under a lot of stress right now. So funny. I understand. We're working on it. I'm sure he didn't mean what he said. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. Mm. Yeah. Problem is, Mark's right. The longer we wait, the worse it's going to get. Yeah, this is the part where it switches over to... The story on Earth. So we start introducing this, like, we need to tell the crew kind of story, yeah. which has got to happen because, like, really, what more can happen to Mark Watney? Yeah. Unless more things keep going wrong that he keeps solving. And we then we end up with – and this is what, to me, separates this movie from Gravity 
Yeah. Because gravity is just things just keep going wrong for Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And I stop caring about her. I never cared about her in the first place. But you stop caring about her and you're just like, this is just two more things going wrong. Yep. To the point that at the end of the movie, everybody laughs when her leg almost gets tangled in seaweed as she's swimming out of the water. I'm like, ugh, really? How yep. much more can go wrong? Uh, whereas this, they realize, like, uh, we can't have, we, we need to shift the story here. Yeah. Yeah. Or make it an hour shorter. <laughs> or make it an hour shorter. But this is where we bring in the crew more and they their story and we get all these other stories and we start focusing on other characters. And then Mark Watney just gets to be fun. Yeah, he gets to have fun until the thing's about to go terribly wrong, which will happen sure. shortly. But we no, even after the potatoes explode, like once once things turn, we hardly see him. And every time we see him, it's just for fun. Yeah. Well, we see him to talk about being a space pirate and stuff. Yeah. And oh, about, like, great stuff. Right? Which is all fun and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. When we see what a great life they're living on their their rocket ship, like, and all this rocket ship stuff is totally like, I mean, I remember when we did sci fi thriller, yeah, and, uh, and we watched like Space Odyssey, and then watched other sci fi thrillers, and every sci fi thriller we watched after Space Odyssey referenced Space Odyssey, yeah, like, yeah. They do that with this, like that ship through space is like yeah. that's that's the ship from Space Odyssey. Like it's the actual like with the spinning thing that you can run on and everything. Um, and she's even like there's even a scene later where Johansson is running yeah. uh, as the thing spins, yeah. and like it's just like so Space Odyssey. When they uh, change orientation in the same way that you see on sp- in the Space Odyssey, it's all great. Yeah. yeah, it's all like yeah. So it's just a nice little nod. Of course, you have to. Of course, and this was directed by. Um, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, right, who yeah. made Alien, which also does a lot of that cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ridley Scott's best movie in a long time. Maybe best movie ever? Question mark? You think this is better than Alien? I don't think so. I don't know. They're, they're different, but... Hmm. I, I mean, this one will hold up. But Alien holds up. As, yeah. Hmm. That That's is the thing. Is when I rewatched Alien, it freaked the hell out of me and it was yeah. so good but this one when i rewatch it it's still really fun but is it as good as alien there are no parts of this movie that i don't enjoy i think as a, a stor- historical influence on cinema going forward alien yeah. definitely wins yeah uh and the martian doesn't but as far as like a more mainstream everyone can enjoy it movie and enjoyable i think the martian wins and alien doesn't i I think so it one depends of the, really what your what your goal is and which yeah. one's better. I, I think the hard part for Alien is Alien Resurrection, Prometheus, all, all the, the other alien. all the other Alien movies. Which, when I think about Alien, I can't help but think about kind of the, some of the dumb stuff that came afterwards. Mm-hmm. And because I think you're right, I think Alien is probably the more important movie. This one is a popcorn movie, like it's. Yeah. It, it, it's not going to revitalize the NASA space program. If it did that, then maybe this would be the more important movie. But yeah. it's just, this is just a good movie, whereas Alien is a is an important movie. And maybe not even that good. Like, yeah. But like to other people, because first you have to enjoy scary movies, right? You have to enjoy yep. thrillers. You have to enjoy monster stories. Um, and you have to be okay with uh, uh, really hit or miss audio yeah. quality right because yeah. a lot of the the conversation stuff is lost well and the other this is such a dumb moment like you can tell that this film was made actually not for yours and my generation but for just prior 
Like the selfie generator. Yeah, the selfie when when he does uh, the. Oh, the fonts. The fonts, yeah. Oh, so that's for like uh, that joke is for yeah. the generator, but but it references the Happy Days that he's stuck watching. Yeah, but yeah. that but for us that's not like. Did you ever watch Happy Days? Kind of. Yeah, I I may have seen an episode of Happy Days. I might not have actually. Yeah, I watched. I, I remember seeing reruns late at night and stuff. So yeah. it was never like on primetime. Yeah, so it's a little removed, and so it's. Hey, <laughs> what is this? What he's doing? the Fonz. I asked for a photo, and what? He's the Fonz. Just be grateful we got you something. Well, I can't use this, Vincent, and you know that. I need a picture of his face. Well, I could tell him to take off his helmet, but then he'd, you know, die. So. It's so lovely. It's mm-hmm. it's this like, they're actually kind of fed up with him. Like yeah. they're trying to save him. They're doing everything in their power. But Mark is an annoying yeah, pain he's... in the ass, which he was from the very first scene. <laughs> yeah, which is the whole potato thing they talk about, where it's like, yeah, um, NASA they, keeps it, telling me how to yeah, and, grow my potatoes. And Vincent says, "Well, anytime uh, they try and tell him to do something, he tells them to ha- have sex with themselves." Because <laughs> 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 he's doing a fine job. He's doing a good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, also. But I love this. I love this soul, like the the video conferencing they use, and it just seems so normal. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And it doesn't stand out, but I love that it's like the head of JPL, whose name I don't even know if we learn in this movie. Do we have? Do we get? Does he get a name? Uh, it does. We do learn his name, I'm sure. But and then, I know him as Benedict Wong yeah. from Marco Polo. Nice. And then Vince Vincent Kapoor are on the video chat, and he says the the joke. And then we see this room full of other Jet Propulsion Lab people, like a huge team yep. of people yep. that are actually doing a lot of the work just on the other side of the camera. So it looks like just two of them, but it's actually like a whole team, which I think is a nice metaphor for NASA. Yeah. Well, oh. Oh, there it is. Boom. His potatoes blew up. And this is the first point in the film where you're just devastated. This is where I stop watching and go to sleep. If I'm still awake, I wake. Like if I'm a little bit awake, I wake right up at this mm-hmm. point. Because the explosion. This is where I hit pause and I go to sleep. Yeah. Because I don't want to watch anymore. Because I just like watching him have fun. Last night, I continued watching the entire film and then put on American Sniper afterwards. But I don't remember doing it. It was weird. Yeah. Weird Sleepy Steve movie. Maybe Netflix was like, this is in your queue. (laughs) It's not in my queue. Don't don't even. American Sniper is not in my queue. Should be. But what I... What I like about that scene where they show all the people behind the scenes. Also, Mm -hmm. duct tape saves the day. Yeah, um, is that in the same way that Rogue One showed the kind of all the numbers, the masses of people behind the rebellion? This film, in the film, shows all the masses of people behind keeping Mark Watney alive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is that that metaphor of we only see one per, one person on screen, but we actually have a whole team? Yeah, and and he, it doesn't make him less heroic. He's yeah. still the hero of the film, but mm-hmm. it's it adds a reality to it that I I think is really it grounds it really well. Yeah. Oh man, this is such this is the worst. Yeah. Ugh. Second most devastating scene in the entire film. Second most. The first is when we see him take his shirt off or put his shirt back on later. When he's when, super skinny. When he's super. When he's clearly been starving and just eating potatoes. Really devastating. Much. Oh, for me, I'm just like, oh man, you've just been eating potatoes for. No, it's just ever. it just looks so clearly like a body double. Oh, it, it is 100. <laughs> I know, a body but double. just like you, he's you, no Christian Bale, that's for sure. But you just tell that's a body double, and they're not showing his face, and you're yeah. like, ah, it's just too distracting. Yeah. But yeah, this part where we see his crops all dead. 
All frozen. frozen. All the moisture pulled right to the surface. Yeah. Destroyed them. God. Devastating. Now, I guess, and the, I don't have an answer to this, would... His potatoes have just exploded? Like, the moisture would have been pulled right out of all of them, right? I have no idea. I don't know. Why would the moisture be pulled out of them? Um, the oxygen gets torn out of that room. Yeah, I guess. So that freezes everything. I think I was watching... At some point after why I watched... Why is it that people explode in space? Well, after I was watching Event Horizon, I think yeah. there was... I Like, I was just reading something because there's a scene where somebody has their their helmet off or something and their eyes freeze over and i think i was reading on the internet and some someone on the internet said no that's not believable what would happen is it would explode but i can't actually why would it explode uh i don't know i think people do explode in space don't we but it has nothing to do with moisture <laughs> that's the part i'm confused about yeah i don't know <laughs> i thought it had to do with like I have no idea what it has to do with it, but yeah. I assume it's something to do with no oxygen or atmosphere around yeah. you, so you just go... It's not like the oxygen of H2O gets stripped off. Like, that's not what's happening. No, that's I have absurd. no idea what happens. Well, this is why you and I would die in space very clearly. Oh, man. Poor Mark Watney. Yeah. This part is... Oh, he blows on his hands because they're so... And he's cold. so angry, sad. It's a good time to bring up the fact that we clearly forgot the best Ridley Scott movie of all time, which yeah. is Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner is good. You it don't is. think Blade Runner is better than Alien? Um, man, that's a hard question. Uh, Blade Runner better than Alien. Alien sets up an entire visual and audio language for films that come later, for sure. But Blade Runner is a film. Like, it's... A, I like the plot of the film. I like all of the characters. I like everything that happens in it. Yeah. It's poetry. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. The director's cut of Blade Runner or the cut with all the voiceovers? The, the proper director's cut. Then, okay, okay, I'll give, it, I'll give it to Blade Runner. I think it is a better movie than Alien. But I like them both so much. Yeah. But for very different reasons. Like, Alien is such a good monster movie. Yeah. Um, and space movie. Yeah. Whereas Blade Runner is a really cool science fiction movie. Yeah. Uh, with robots and replicants and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. 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 And mm. it, my second favorite film noir, maybe? Second favorite? What's your favorite? Brick. I really like Joseph Gordon Levitt. Mm. I think Blade Runner I like more than Brick as a film noir. Like, you, this film makes me think, like, I, I would love to go to Mars and have fun on Mars and do all that stuff. Any Joseph Gordon Levitt movie makes me wish I could be Joseph Gordon Levitt. As the actor or in the movie? I don't care. I really just like the guy. I find everything about him charming and wonderful. You should watch uh, Third Rock from the Sun. I do. Third Rock from the Sun is great. <laughs> okay, so we're in the part of the movie where Whoops. things have gone bad. Uh, and this is clearly where we stopped following Mark Watney so much. And we started following the astronauts. Yeah, cause because he's boned. Mm -hmm. He's done. Yeah. He can't do anything anymore to save himself, which yeah. is sad. Yeah. But he did really well. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, no, there's this great moment here. Again, terrible moment where everything went wrong. We're cutting that tension with a hilarious joke between the guy mm. from Ant-Man and Mark Watney emailing each other. Mm -hmm. We left you behind on Mars, but we just don't like you. <laughs> and the captain. Which harkens to when they were on the planet making fun of each other. Yeah. They're still doing it now. Yeah. Just across light years. Yeah. But I mean... 
It's only botany. <laughs> it's not real science. <laughs> Which is great because if any of them had been on there, they would have died earlier. Yeah, they all would have died. It's, a, it's it that th this film does such a great job of lionizing botany. I accidentally blew up the hab, but unfortunately, all of Commander Lewis's disco music still survived. But unfortunately, all of Commander Lewis's disco music still survived. Every day, I go outside and look at the vast horizons. Every day, I go outside and look at the vast horizons. I like the Just because I can. Where you hear like Just because I can. Them and them the and echo? Them. Yeah. Because, like, it gives you the sense that they aren't as far away from Earth where it takes day, like uh, uh, minutes, but yeah. it's still a delay because they're traveling away from it. Yeah, it does, it it's it's solid beats. You're you're totally right. Mm -hmm. What I what I like about that scene there, and and it's the scene where he's telling telling them how beautiful Mars is. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that he survives in this this person versus nature movie is not just that he's fighting nature, but his intense respect for it. Mm -hmm. So as a, botanist. as a botanist, as a as a human being, he he is totally. He he has respect for his enemy in that way, and so it's such it it just works really well for me. It's a lot of fun. Also, this is just he's littering all over Mars. Mm -hmm. Well, this part is so like this is where the movie gets really terrifying for him. Yeah, it's like he patches up this hole. Yeah, with like plastic and tape. Yeah, and that's what's keeping the hab alive. Yeah, like, yeah. and it just. The wind Shakes. storm blows it. It's like if this breaks, I'm done. Like, yeah. like how terrifying is that? Which goes all the way back to that early line: "If the hab breaches, I'm just gonna sort of implode." Yeah, implode. There you go. So something happens to him, but implode. the potatoes wouldn't implode. There we go. Yep, and it works. Ugh. So terrifying. There we go. Pressure, stable. Oh. And then he just risks it. That great shot in every single space movie where it's just like, I'm going to take off my helmet and test the air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's like uh, this is this is it. So this is the scene where like there's the storm and it's blowing and he's freaking out and he's I can't focus. He's counting. He's doing everything he's supposed to do, tracking like what what other rations I have. Yeah. And it's sort of like this is it. This is all you can do now, Mark. There's nothing else. You just have to sit there and just deal with this horrible situation, which now hands the movie over to our uh, our heroes on Earth. Which I think is the, di the the difference between this movie and Castaway, because this is really where Castaway starts. It starts with him unable to do anything. Like, he um, can't... Yeah, well, what does he do in Castaway? He, like, sets up camp and he trusts finding food and stuff and, like, I don't know. Yeah, and, like, it becomes chores that he has to do on a regular basis, but he can't actively get himself out of the situation yeah. until the moment comes. Whereas Mark Watney, there's lots of little things that he can do to get himself better prepared and get himself out of the situation. So we watch all that until it falls apart. Yeah. And then they do this weird introduction of Rich Purnell of um, of uh, 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 Donald Glover from Community from Community 
who is playing essentially Abed from Community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does like his Abed voice. Yeah. Abed, uh, then, if he had never met Troy, is kind of the character. Yeah. And so like they set up this uh, this super genius kid who's clearly playing Abed. Like, look at him. He's just yeah. totally playing Abed. Um, he's like a super genius math guy on the JPL team. Yeah. But he... Um, but he uh, he gets introduced now because again we're handing off now. Yep. We're switching over to our to our Earthling people, and he now is figuring out his plan of like let's send the astronauts back. Let's not. Uh, yep. Let's not send them gear. Yeah. Yep. Rich Parnell is a steely eyed missile, missile man. man. Yep. This that is... comes from. Uh, you know where that comes from. What's that come from? So there was a. Uh, I can't remember the full story correctly, so I'm going to give you the broad strokes of that story. Okay. But there was uh, problems in a space mission, mm-hmm. and someone on the ground, whose name I don't know, and I don't remember what the problem was. I don't remember what the mission was. Someone on the ground basically his came up with the plan to save the the day and save the lives of the astronaut. And the astronauts, when they got the plan, sent back something that was like, hmm. uh, but they said the phrase... Uh, is steely a steely-eyed missile man. That's cool. And so-and-so is a steely-eyed missile man. So them sending that phrase in is saying, uh, the person that came up with this plan just saved Mark Watney's life, basically, is like what great. they sent in. So it's like a nice like throw to a weird kind of NASA trivia that I don't know the full explanation of. That's great. But the phrase, so-and-so is a steely-eyed missile man, is like a... It's a reference that, that someone would get like the Pathfinder thing. Yeah, well, and not, maybe not even like the Pathfinder thing, because yeah. people lived through that. The steely-eyed missile man thing is from like... Who knows, like the 70s, 60s? Yeah. Um, but it's something that everyone who works at NASA and real like NASA space nerds would get the reference. Yeah. And so all of them, when they hear the so-and-so's a steely missile man. They get it. They go. That's why he doesn't say, what is that supposed to mean? He says, who's Rich Purnell? Because <laughs> he right. knows what steely missile He knows the reference. Means. That's solid. That's <laughs> yeah, great. It's nice. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And we had a little bit more of the uh, the... A little bit more of the the government bureaucracy porn that I really enjoy, where talking about how they didn't have enough time, or they weren't going to get the the thing ready on time. So you're going to need more money. Plus, I'm going to have to we're going to have to cut safety measures, and it's on me if it doesn't work. Oh, and yeah. he gets rid of the checks. Yeah. Hey, he had to. <laughs> he had no option. And now he's I'm gonna, gonna dip this potato in some crushed Vicodin. What a great line! <laughs> and nobody can stop. Nobody me. can stop me. Yeah, because he's out of ketchup. It has been seven days since I ran out of ketchup. Yeah, which is like another just good jokes. Good jokes. Like he's not counting how many days he's been stranded on Mars. Nope. He's counting how many days since he ran out of ketchup. Yeah, like that's yep. that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And all this is just so sad. They're setting up like all this stuff that they're yeah. going to send them and then it all blows up. Yeah. We know that it has to not work because we know that there's still an hour and five minutes left in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You believe in God, Vincent? Yeah. 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 My father was a Hindu, my mother's a Baptist, so yeah. I believe in Salvador. We'll take all the hell we can get. Like, this is the other part that's great about this film. It's this multicultural extravaganza. It's, um, as we're going to see later on in the film, nations all working together to save this one mm-hmm. life. And, mm-hmm. and is this the first launch we see? 
This is. I don't think. Well, no, we saw the off Mars. Off Mars, but like this launch, and like I love this sort of um, how everyone watches the launch, Mm -hmm. and everyone keeps their eyes right on the screen, like nobody's looking away. Yeah. Uh, And except Rich Purnell is too busy in his own. Too busy filling out how to save them. Yep. Um, But like they're all watching the launch, which is the thing that. That unites all of the astronauts, right? Which yep. we see at the end of the movie. But like this whole thing, and they start to cheer, and yep. everything's great, everything's good. And then, of course, everything uh, falls apart. Oh, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, flight, something's going wrong. Oh no, and that was me doing that. That wasn't the movie. Yeah, that, that was. This is the movie doing it. Flight is hitting the red line. Spinning on the long axis around a 17 degree precession. Launch. Idiot still clapping. My sound effects was pretty close. It was pretty close. What I like about that scene is the screen starts flashing red and there are still people clapping. Yeah, <laughs> well, they don't know. Not everyone caught on yet. That was no. the whole point. But like only half the people realized that there was a, there was an issue. You know what phrase I like? Cottoned on to something. You cotton on to something. Did I say that? No, you didn't. I just like it as a phrase. Like it's an actual phrase. Cotton on. Cotton on. Yeah. Like, like you have, like, like cotton the substance that you would use to make into fabric. It's not cotton, but then just pronounced wrong. Like cotton on. I don't think so. Like you're catching on. You've caught. You've caught on. You've cotton on. I don't think so. (laughs) What does it mean then? I, it means you've caught on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so this part of the movie, whenever we do come to Mark Watney, it is not the sort of like fun, heroic, saving himself Mark Watney. It yeah. is just keeps on bringing it down to the sad, depressing, <laughs> loneliness, isolation, which is kind of this neat like, at first, he is the A line, and the B line is NASA uh, dealing with the death of an astronaut and yeah. how sad it is to die and lose someone. Blah blah blah. And then once this part happens, it sort of switches, and NASA people become the A line, and the B line becomes Mark Watney. So, like the emotional, what carries the emotional weight has to shift from the NASA people to Mark Watney. So now Mark's carrying the emotional theme of the story of isolation and separation and all these kind of things. While NASA is the A-line, which is how do we solve these problems now? Yeah. So now they're solving all these problems they keep encountering while he just sits there being emotional. And it's really hard to pull off. Like, I'm amazed that they pull off switching the story in the middle of the story so smoothly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, it works. Narratively, it works. The one thing I didn't like is when it started focusing more on the astronauts themselves, yeah, and like the other astronauts in space, because we don't really, we don't really connect with them. They're just there for Mark to connect with them. Yeah, but like, and that's all coming up now. It's like a whole second movie now. We've basically entered into a new movie. Yeah, yeah, and so we're gonna have them on there, and that's okay. Oh yeah, and then China, China's secret rocket, which they then gift to the U.S. Yeah, and, and then, like a joint, yeah, thing. Right? This is nice. Yeah. This is the nations coming together. Brave new world. Of, yeah. of diplomacy. In order to make our launch window, we were forced to accelerate our schedule. And he owns it. 
I don't know why we're letting people listen. Yeah, to this why part. are we letting people listen to this? Because they can't see the subtitles. So the phrase "cotton on" has like a three-page explanation on the internet, well, but it but it means tell more, me all of it. More or less, it means taking a liking to something uh, or becoming a fan of it. So apparently, it. I don't I don't know. At some point in the 16th century, cotton became a figurative expression, meaning to prosper or succeed. Cuz cotton they don't actually know why it why it came together from that, but it they know the meaning of it, but they don't know why it why it happened, which I guess that's the way language works sometimes. And I successfully just talked through all of the the foreign language part of the film. Wonderful, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and now cool this Jeff is where Daniels the, moment. Yeah. So now they, China and America, come together. He's super happy for half right, a second. Uh, thanks to my uncle Tommy in China, we got another chance at this. <laughs> I like that he's related to him, but of course he would be. <laughs> I don't think he's related. I, I don't. I don't think that's actually like. I think it's a joke. He's oh. saying my uncle Tommy <laughs> as. You know, that other Chinese guy. No, I guess so. Maybe it is his Uncle Tommy, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, now I don't know. Also, I've never had to run a calculation so complex. I need a supercomputer to do it. I have. That's not true. You're yeah, lying. How many, how many astronauts have been in space? That's not a supercomputer. Mm-hmm. That's a computer that is super that did yeah. it. By so here's where we get our, our wonderful uh, Rich Purnell moment. Sorry, who are you? My name is Rich Purnell. I work in astrodynamics, and you should hang up the phone right now. All right, all right. I'm going to call you back. I know how to save Mark Watney. Your pro plan won't work. Too many things can go wrong. I've got a better way. Astrodynamics. Yeah. What the hell is Project Elrond? Okay. This is one of the cool parts of the film where... <laughs> this is such a funny meta moment. Project like. Elrond. <laughs> what, why does Elrond mean secret meeting? And, uh, or it, it's the... Uh, <laughs> what's this planet Project Elrond? Why is it called Elrond? It's from Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> Boromir's yeah. right there. I hate every one of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which has that great... If, if it's going to be Project Elrond, I want to be Glorfindel. <laughs> I couldn't be Glorfindel. How great is that? It's so great. This is such a hilarious little meta nonsense. Mm-hmm. And again, they're solving problems. And in a way, this scene feels strange because the way Mark Watney solves problems is he figures it out mm-hmm. and then he does it. And this is not, this is, this is a committee really mm-hmm. coming together to try and solve it. And it, it has a very different feeling to it. Well, and as we see, like, like, I mean, this is just a fun little, this whole scene with, uh, I mean, this this the Donald Glover in this movie has has always kind of confused me. Yeah, because it seems like he's not playing a Donald Gloverian character. Yeah, he's too like, he's, I don't know, he's Abed. <clears throat> but like this whole like physicalization of how it would work, yeah, is such a movie thing. Only no one in a real meeting would get up and make you stand and walk around with a stable. Like, how does this help explain his plan better than just explaining it? Well, it only helps us enjoy watching him explain this plan. So there's two reasons. Which I gives like us this. this nice moment of the pen and the catching the pen and the flying it over. He pops uh, that it leads to the funny yeah. Vincent Kapoor popping it on her head. <laughs> what I really like about this beat is it shows Rich Barnell basically is condescending to them. 
Like, this is just like, I think you're all so dumb. Yeah. I need to give you this version of it. <clears throat> oh, that is true. So that's why he does it, act it out? Yeah, he acts it out. Like, And, yeah. and then Vincent Porcor kind of gets in on it. He's like, this is funny and yeah. stupid. I'm in on this. Mm-hmm. And again, it's so different than the way Mark Watney solves problems. Yeah. <laughs> and Richard Rich Purnell's like, who are you? Teddy. I'm the director of NASA. <laughs> it's like... Cool. Can I blow your pen? <laughs> just like, that's the whole thing. Super yeah. funny. He's just so in his own world of math. But he does say what one of the themes of this movie is. I just I did the math. It works, right? Which yeah. is the, the theme that kind of comes up is the science of it. The do the math. Do the science. Just get uh, do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You solve one problem, then you solve the next. Yeah. Yeah. Both plans require the tying shin, so we have to choose. And here is really the first time where all three stories, the astronauts, Mark, and Earth, come together in one moment where the people on Earth have to decide which which a plan that they're going to do, whether yeah. they're going to send the astronauts <clears throat> or they're going to send one. Well, they do this nice thing, Kirsten, we, how, how can we make that decision? And then he says, we don't have to. Yeah. He does. And yeah. it's all on Teddy. Yeah. <clears throat> that turns out to be not true. Well, because the opposite happens on the the ship. It isn't on the person it should be. It, they make it a democratic choice, and not even a democratic, a veto choice. Yeah, well, it has to be. That's how she says it, because yeah. they're all doing it or they're not doing it. Yeah. yeah, and so it's this great moment where he makes the decision himself, and then the crew all decide together to go against the decision. Mm-hmm. All because Boromir. Boromir, he's a traitor. He can't play a normal character that doesn't betray somebody. I feel so so sad for him, because that character has a name in this movie. Like, he does. Yeah, Boromir. But- but it's Boromir. His name is Boromir in the movie, too. It's like Bor... But they call B-O-Mir. him Bo. Bo. Bo Romo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is another reason they needed a hacker. Who could recognize that a file should be changed into a text file instead of an image? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one else would have realized that. No other... Uh, no no one else would have been able to open a JPEG as a, uh, as a text file. It's such a weird moment. But some great remote shots of the spinning space. Yeah. What's up? I just got an email from my wife, and the subject line says, uh, Our children. My computer won't open the attachment. Also, there's a weird tension in that scene. Like, this scene, it seems like he recognizing recognizes something is up. And, and I don't know if there's any reason why he should. Like... This isn't a JPEG. It's a it's a plain ASCII text file. <laughs> right, like how silly is that? It's it, like they use the term JPEG and ASCII text file. Yeah. So like it's it's this this is for the audience. Yeah. This is for the audience. This is so that we yeah feel like we know this because everyone knows what a JPEG is yeah. and everyone knows what an ASCII text file is. Yeah. Well, if they don't, they at least know what a text file is. Yeah. But the term ASCII is is techno sounding but it's such a point like yeah plain, like, yeah and you're and you're right once we switch plain to this text plot, everyone could have done that and seen the plot. yeah yeah and you're you're right it has this very different feel from where mark, mark watney solved things himself and like he explained what he was doing but he didn't condescend to us this part of the film feels kind of condescending i like, wasn't right you were right you're the one who said that oh i'm the best <laughs> <laughs> aren't, aren't i great mm-hmm. yeah and this is part of the movie that i don't really you know Again, I don't really care about these astronauts that much. I I don't care that they're going to be stuck in space. 
I like because whatever you're stuck in space for longer mm-hmm. that's not a problem for me the the thing that i i like about this is that i just i do kind of like them i like mm-hmm. that martinez is the cocky jokester mm-hmm. i like that vogel is the bald one mm-hmm. german the german bald one mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but but you're right they they put a lot into this scene where if we care about these characters this scene works really well but if we don't care about these characters it's like Get to the next thing already. Yeah, like the Guardians of the Galaxy thing where they're all standing in the circle and they have to all decide to do this. And yeah. it, you care about all these characters and they stand up and they say, like, yeah. I will fight with you and whatever. It's like, now we're all standing in a circle. Yeah, That kind of scene. This is what this is. This is all of them Absolutely. deciding to commit to the mission and <clears throat> sacrifice time and space and not seeing their families and all these terrible things just to save their friend. Yeah. Which every single person would do. Um, would would yeah. you? Of course. What to save your life if you were on Mars, oh. and all I had to do was give five hundred days of my life to bring you back alive? Of course I would. Okay, but you this, wouldn't. Okay, this is uncomfortable. But what I'm saying is, it's not a guarantee. This is a possibility sure. that you're yeah. going to die in space. Yeah. Apart from Missy and little baby Milo. Yeah. Okay. And you just you would you would no hesitation. Hey, he'd do the same for us. <laughs> I mean, sure, there'd be hesitation and worry and terror and fear, yeah. but like uh, the other plan of just sending him supplies—that's not necessarily going to work. Either. No. So no. he's going to die. I have a chance to try and save him. I would probably take that chance. It's a pretty good chance. I mean, the chance of them dying is pretty low. Yeah, yeah. The worst thing that happens is they don't get there in time. He's dead, and then they fly home. Yeah, yeah. I guess the sad part, um, the, the the particularly sad part for them. But I, I think this whole thing could have been done with this scene. Yeah. Rich Purnell is a steely-eyed missile. Yeah, we don't need to see how they get the plans. We don't need yeah. to, to know those sorts or, of things. Or, I details. mean, seeing how they get it as a secret plan, like that Boromir sent it to his wife, who sent it as a JPEG. Yeah. Like, that's kind of yeah. cool to see that they sent it to them secretly and that they realize what it is. But it could have just been them all sitting in a circle or something mm-hmm. and looking at each other. And then they go, let's do this or whatever. But yeah. But I understand that they raised the stakes for the crew. That we have to at this point, because again, we're shifting the story over to yeah. them. So we have to raise the stakes for them. But I think that scene could have been a little tighter, less less dramatic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably the weakest scene in the whole movie, and it's not that bad. Like yeah. as far as scenes go, it, it doesn't end up. It serves a purpose. Also, they're drinking espresso, <laughs> little tiny espresso cups. Of course. You may have killed them, Mitch. We're fighting the same war. Every time something goes wrong, the world forgets why we fly. I'm trying to keep us airborne. It's bigger than one person. No. It's not. When this is over, I'll expect your resignation. You probably love that for the politics of it. (laughs) It's also a good beat. It's a nice nice exploration of the theme, the... Uh, which we said before, no man left behind. The whole thing of NASA is like, uh, he's trying to do this, save five astronauts, not one, and yeah. he's trying to save as many as possible. Yeah. Does it, if we if we lose everybody trying to save one person, we're better people yeah. than if we 
just sacrifice that one person. Yeah. All right, which is why I would go back for you, Steve. And you would not go back for <laughs> Man, me. Man, I really hope we had gotten past that bit because <laughs> now I'm feeling a little bad. Because you're I... the bureaucrat who's like, I'm trying to keep us airborne. And I'm saying, I'm trying to save your life. Man. Yeah. I yeah. just, mm-hmm. I just, I, I think the NASA program is bigger than you, Dave. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Why also, do they call them souls in this movie? Um, like, instead of days. Because it's... A day is a 24-hour unit, whereas a soul is the, the amount of time it takes for the, the uh, a, a planet to travel around the sun. So a soul on Earth is different than a soul on Mars. Yeah. But what we call a day is a specific is measurement soul, of time yeah, that yeah. we use all the time. Yeah, a day is 24 hours less a second or whatever it is based mm-hmm. on the leap second thing. So it's going to be 533 days in space for the astronauts, but it might only be uh, one or two Pluto souls. Yeah, I don't know what they're counting. <laughs> Yeah, fun and games. Um, they, I don't know what they count as souls on the space station, on the ship. Because is it a soul from the planet they left from? Because they left from Mars. It must be souls on Mar- on Earth, on Mars, sorry. Yeah. Because they would just say days if it was Earth. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nice little montage here with some fun disco music, which again is the reason they use this disco music. Yep. <clears throat> but this whole sequence where we see the little pet he's made for himself, yeah. <laughs> I think is so. Yeah. It's <laughs> little like thing that just drives around on the floor yeah is great because it sets up his world and, and deepens it yeah and allows us to have that sad moment at the end where we see him and the thing driving along by itself it's so yeah. sad mm-hmm. yeah yeah and the fun and games of space travel the, the astronauts floating around eating water what do they do they drink water spit it out yeah mm-hmm. hey, hello baby Oh, Time Magazine. Do you think Time Magazine wanted that? Like, did. Yeah. Like, it was a Time Magazine thing, like, please, for the love of everything, use Time Magazine, not National Geographic or whatever? No, they would have uh, written in, in there. And then when the movie was being made, they contacted them and were like, hey, do you want it to be Time Magazine? It's going to cost you money. Otherwise, yeah. we'll do something else. And here we go. We set up the captain characters only being into disco music. She's pretty one-sided. I mean, everyone's pretty one-dimensional in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a... I mean, this is really just... It's a montage. It's it's just a, a montage. It's the right thing to happen at this point in the movie because we have to get through a lot of plot exposition sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're kind of tired at this point of solve there's a problem solve it there's a problem solve it. Yeah, and that's so. where gravity did it wrong where they did it right here they stopped yeah they stopped solving lots of little problems and just started having like just put it all together here we go we get him on the road yeah he's on the road driving. gravity for for feels like it forgot that it was a film whereas mm-hmm. this one recognizes that it's a film so we can skip the boring stuff and we, and gravity's just like we're going to show you the two hours that Sandra Bullock faces in space. Real time. Yeah. 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 Thank goodness they skipped real time here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the rocket works and everyone cheers. So this is again the second time we see like everyone watching a launch. Yeah. And they cheer and they do the, the astronaut thing that would, that makes us all excited about space all of a sudden. Yeah. 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 We're super happy about space. Mm-hmm. And we're hearing David Bowie. Yeah. Is this a David Bowie song? Oh, no. This might be Ziggy. Oh, man. We're going to sound it's stupid just, no matter it's what. It's either Iggy Pop or David Bowie. <laughs> I, think, I think this is David Bowie. What was the name of the song? Um, uh, is it Ziggy Stardust? 
Yeah. I don't know the lyrics are currently la 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 so that doesn't even help you. I mean it's I'm pretty sure it's David Bowie. I, I didn't have anything to say other than that I recognized that it was David Bowie, so there's there's nothing significant here, but and the only love story of the entire film happens right there between the two astronauts. Oh yeah, that's right. They do put a weird love story on with them, hey. It, but it's not weird even. It's because we don't see it, right? Like, we just see two moments of it. One there where she's touching the glass and he's outside, and the later one when he kisses her, she kisses her, his helmet. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's not a... It's yeah, not, I feel like there's another weird love story with the... Uh, the two people on the ground with Vincent Kapoor and Mindy Park? No, Mindy Park and Mark Watney. Yeah? Like, the way, she love watches, story? the way she watches the screen of him. Right, because now we've skipped super far ahead here, right? Yeah. And now, like, we're yeah. in a part of the movie where... We're 300 days from the future. Yeah, three hundred days from the future. In the in the future, after the last one. Yeah, because three hundred days from the future is now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're seven months later. Is what it said on the screen. So. Four hundred and sixty-one souls. Yeah. So has he left the hub yet? He's in the hab right currently. Yeah. So he hasn't left the hab. Well, how is he showering yet? and mm-hmm. currently looking? And this is where you think it's super sad because he's really skinny, and I think it's clearly a body double. So we I all it know it's a body double, but it's still sad. Mm-hmm. I just find it distracting. Well, stop recognizing. I think they should have done CGI. Oh, but here, here's where we see his little pet again. But you, now it's sad. You think they should have done a Grand Moff Tarkin on yeah. his body? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Replace him with Grand Moff Tarkin. Like the thing drove up to him and he pets it. It's so sweet. Yeah. I've been thinking about laws on Mars. There's an international treaty saying no country can lay claim to anything that's not on Earth. And by another treaty, if you're not in any country's territory, maritime law applies. So Mars is international waters. Now, NASA is an American non-military organization. It owns the HAB. But the second I walk outside, I'm in international waters. So here's the cool part. I'm about to leave for the Scaparelli crater where I'm going to commandeer the Ares IV lander. Nobody explicitly gave me permission to do this, and they can't until I'm on board the Ares IV. So that means I'm going to be taking a craft over in international waters without permission, which by definition makes me a pirate. Mark Watney, space pirate. What a wonderful justification to the line. <laughs> yeah. Mark Watney. No one can give him permission. Why can't they? <laughs> He's sure in text but communication. I don't care. It's just such a great explanation <laughs> yeah. and fun dissection of language and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like this. I just love that that sequence. So funny. And then there's this great cool part here where he's leaving leaving the hab, and yeah, he leaves without his helmet, but he signs it. Yeah. And you re- you realize that they're going to come back to this one day, mm-hmm. far farther into the future, but they're going to. It's going to be this artifact mm-hmm. of of his his year his four hundred and sixty one souls surviving on there, and that's that's just such a cool. Um, yeah, he's history. Yeah, and mm. it's it's going to be many many years before they get there, yeah. and so it, in your face, Neil Armstrong. In your face, Neil Armstrong, indeed. Yeah, yeah, but he, he keeps doing that throughout the whole thing. He keeps signing yeah. his name on everything. That, like goodbye Mars signs is yeah. goodbye this. Well, and here. and even like all his video logs, they don't make it. Like they don't make it up to with him on the ship. Yeah, so they'll be there when they'll be there when he gets back. And... So it it is this really out of time moment that that they get to encounter later. And he drives now, and he's driving, and whatever. I don't care. Yeah, so he's just on a road trip movie. Yeah, I think in the <clears throat> the astronauts are on a road trip movie. Yeah, 
And the people back at home are on a hangout movie. Yeah. 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 Institutionalized. Mm-hmm. And here's some more of these wonderful shots of just Mars. Beautiful, beautiful shots of Mars. Um, but I think there's a... Do you think that's a painting? There's a storm that happens while he's driving in the book. He has to drive around the, the storm or something like that. Mm. But it's just, we don't need that anymore. We're coming to the end of the film. I'm the first person to be alone on an entire planet. And it's just gorgeous. Like, this is not a film that could have been made 30 years ago and been as beautiful. No. Because you're, you're right. So here's this part here, where she's like, she's just sort of like, she just watches him. Her yeah. whole job is just to watch him travel. Yeah. I could, I could watch you all day and not fall in love with you, Dave. Like, I think I'm, that's possible. Somewhere in there. No, but this part here. Starts again. How's he doing? Uh, he asked us to call him Captain Blondebeard. Well, technically, Mars would be under maritime. Yeah, no, I know. He explained it to us. But, like, when he, he asks in this part, where is he? Right there. She, knows she exactly touches where him he on is. the screen. She touches the screen. He says, how is he? She gives him the normal, and then he's like, but how is he? Yeah. Because yeah. she knows him. She's, yeah. She's learning. She's, she I don't think she's in love with him. I don't think she is, but there is there is a lovey story yeah. happening yeah. there. A beeline kind of love story, like the ones with the astronauts. Small. They're all small. There's yeah. no big love story, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. It it. it it all feels very human-ish, and mm-hmm. and and it has to. Like this is the thing about this film; it has to constantly feel human because of how alien the environment is, and how alien the science is to all of us. Like they have to constantly remind us of the humanity. Yeah, and this whole sequence of just like uh, him driving, and all these silent shots of just the driving and the landscape and the emptiness has got to be like the quietest. Uh, um, like look at this it's beautiful yep but it's gotta be like the quietest sort of like um, uh, dark night of the soul ever <laughs> like there's no like yeah. nothing really torturing him from beyond nope. there's no like you know it's just he's just alone like, and this is how, how better way to show it than just show him alone yeah just these vast empty lonely nothingnesses and it it all just works and I know, I know for you, this doesn't make you want to go to Mars, but this makes me want to go to Mars. I'd go to Mars, but not you as want like to come back. someone to go and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is easy to forget, easy to forget how long this film is, though. Yeah, it's so long. Hey, yeah. Like, talking through the whole thing, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm like, so, I... We're going to have to eat at some point. Yeah. No, it's right. It's getting into the fun part. So this is their rescue plan. Yep, the rescue plan, and it's funny again. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're gonna just you know throw everything off it. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> Why did you burp? You're the worst, Dave. He has to be going fast. Exactly. Which means we need to make the map lighter, a lot lighter, five thousand kilograms lighter. This might be the only time where the video conferencing is actually valuable. 
What do you mean? Oh, because you actually you need to see the. You thing. need to see what but he's doing. They also have a replica model in front of him. So it's like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it's just such a funny like NASA thing. They always build models. Yeah. And yeah. they have to show you what it all looks like and stuff, which is cool. But yeah. Oh yeah, yeah no, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, and then he hands all the stuff to an intern. Yeah. Um, but it is a nice like it, it's the it's that I don't know what do you call it, like an Ocean's Eleven type thing where you tell them the plan and then you do the plan, mm-hmm. but like they just. In set, they, they tell us what has to happen here and they show us with this perfect model so that we like like he's not using the model to show Vincent Kapoor yeah. of what like why how is that helpful to know what it's going to look like when they yeah. take things out yeah the fact is they have to take all the stuff out and they have to take the top of the ship off yeah but the visual helps us the audience really enjoy the, yeah. the thing <laughs> yeah we haven't even got to the bad stuff yet. we'll skip to the bad stuff <laughs> yeah yeah you want to take the front of the ship off <laughs> Sean, in those airlock alone is 400 kilograms. You want to send a man into space without the front of his well, ship? no. Uh, we're going to have him cover it with pad canvas. Look, the hull's mostly there to keep the air in. Mars's atmosphere is so thin, you don't need a lot of streamlining. By the time the ship's going fast enough for air resistance to matter, it'll be high enough that there's practically no air. You want to send him into space under a tarp? Yes. Can I go on? <laughs> it's such a funny moment in yeah. the film. Um, but like we have to send him into airspace in a tarp. Yeah. And then they go even a funnier moment here. It's like, are you yep. kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's the first one. Could be the second one. Yeah. It could be the second one. <laughs> it, this might be the funniest little bits of jokes in the entire film. Like these are all really well sold and delivered. Yeah, it could be the first one. And she's charming. Like, you fall in love with her character so mm-hmm. well in this film, despite the fact that she doesn't have to do very much in this. Yeah. And it... Which, Marks, yeah. What's funny is where they show us everything going off the, the ship. He's about to go take everything off the ship. Like, it's going to happen. Um, but it just really well-paced and all sorts of stuff. I don't know what they're doing. I, mean, I don't know exactly what they're doing. This is this is like, um, this is where we start to see his madness. Yeah, right. Which is we haven't really seen yet because he's kind of been coping so well with it, but now he's like calling himself a space pirate. It was the first sort of t- yeah. Captain Blondebeard is tipping him into madness part, but this part of like him, I know what they're trying to do. They're yeah. he's paranoid. They're trying to trick him he's not gonna let them trick him but i do like it okay i'm yeah. gonna let them trick me right yeah. like he's insane now and and it works so well because he has been doing minutiae for so long i do like the way it sounds i mean i like it a lot <laughs> like he's 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 going mad here yeah. I'm not going to tell them that, though. As yeah. He's telling them that through this recording. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, mm. he, he has finally gone a little bit stir-crazy, mm. as is expected. But unlike, say, Moon... Have you seen Moon yet? Uh, I never finished it. Ugh. Well, he goes stir-crazy, and he goes really stir-crazy in there. Yeah. And, I mean... It, for other reasons as well mm-hmm. but it, it's crazy but it's a subtle crazy like it's not we, we're we're never worrying about it as part of the plot in this film about him being 
losing his mind. No, like, no, no. That's just... It's just the thing that would happen. Yeah, it's just a, it, mm -hmm. just like everything that happens here. It's treated as just a normal, everyday part of part of it mm -hmm. that he'd have to cope with. Now, this film got nominated for Best Comedy or Musical. Yeah. After and it won. The, the, yeah, it probably even won. And ignoring the fact that comedy or musical is a weird category, uh, this is a comedy. It is. Like, it's a drama 100%, but there's too much humor throughout the entire film for it not to be considered a comedy. I Yeah, I wonder that, too. I don't know, because, like... Uh, depends on how you look at comedy. Yeah. Uh, so do you look at comedy in that it ends happy as a comedy and tragedy and sad? Or do you look at it as, as in comedy, something that's funny versus drama, something that's serious, right? Like there's yeah. comedies used in both those cases. Yeah. So as far as comedy versus tragedy, it's a comedy. Yeah. As far as comedy versus drama, it, it feels like it's a drama. But everything's with disco music and jokes and silly fun science stuff and I'm gonna science the shit so there's lots of jokes and humor in it so there's humor in it is that enough to make it a comedy I mean I I compare it to another Matt Damon movie uh, where Matt Damon has to be saved saving private Ryan mm -hmm. and that is a drama there's no jokes well I think there are like maybe one or two but it's mm -hmm. played as a war war drama 100 percent mm. this is much more of a comedy than it is a drama if you compare it to that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the whole story is told lightheartedly. Yeah. I guess. Like, there's not... I mean, except for those vast shots and dramatic moments. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is another one of those scenes that I don't think needed to be in there. But it's similar to... So, like, the, the taking the stuff off the ship and then him having to do that. This is the same as them doing that Ocean's Eleven, kind of like setting up what they have to do and then going and doing it. Yeah. Um, and they use like the salt and pepper shakers and stuff as like, the yeah. same with like the stapler, like just to show us the audience what yeah. has to happen. Yeah. Um, and how hard that's going to be and raising the stakes on it. But I think it would have been so much shorter or I don't know. Again, how much do you care about these astronauts? The reason this scene is in here is because these astronauts are... Like, she is an important actress. He's a decent actor. Uh, Martinez as well. Hers, well. Like, they're all big enough actors that if you only had them for two, maybe three scenes in the entire film, they'd, they wouldn't do it. I think it's in there because they need to establish that if he is too far away, and they yeah. won't be able to catch him. But if he's close, but they're going too fast, they won't be able to catch him. They have to establish that fact so yeah. that when they get there and it all goes wrong for that 11th hour problem kind of thing then he he's okay yeah i just i i don't think i don't think we needed that beat i think we would have gotten that just fine from the scene that comes later where it actually happens yeah for sure i think it works just fine but because of who the actors are they want the screens themselves i love this moment of him writing the note in the rover again that same idea of it's like it's a time capsule but yeah. but he sits there and thinks he's eating and he's thinking He's eating his last meal on Mars, and he's thinking about what am I going to write down. And then he says, "This rover saved my life." Yeah. And 
Infinite Science's name. Like that's so basic. Yeah. No, like hyper poetry is just like this rover. Man, yeah. man, I love this rover. Yeah. Please take he, care of it. He had his moments of hyper poetry before when he was really like this is not just him like the first person there, I yeah. hope I never have to be here again. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the things that I kind of am impressed by, unrelated specifically to this well, film. Well, so this moment here, I just wanna when the world is watching. Well, yeah, that they set that up and they show yeah. that America's watching and then they show like people in other parts of the world all gather around screens like getting ready to watch Mark Watney kind of come home. Yep. It's and, yeah, NASA, they're all sitting there with their huge screens and stuff. It's belief in human potential. If something goes wrong with commission yeah. control. Mm-hmm. You know. Not a damn thing. It's all happening twelve light minutes away, which means it takes twenty four minutes for them to get the answer to any question they ask. She clearly already knew that information, but they had to tell us. She she knew that because they're on. She she works at NASA. She knows. Hey, look more, more Matt Damon. Yeah. So where is he in this part? This is the one that confuses me. Where is he? Uh, He's in the um, uh, the thing that he's going to shoot up into space in. Why? How's he not in many clothes? They took all the stuff off. There's a there's a lower compartment of it. Okay, that was the part I was. Just Why always he hasn't thrown me. it all out yet? I it's guess he can do this. Yeah, but I mean, this this could have happened elsewhere as well. But it's it's again another human moment where he's like, "I'm about to go see human beings for the first time, and I haven't showered in two years. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna at least be pretty good haircut. Like I have to say, that haircut that he gave himself, mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Yeah, I know Missy sometimes cuts your hair. She yeah. does a really good job she on does, it. Yeah. I don't think your hair would look as good if mm-hmm. you did it yourself. Nope. But it's all, yeah, it's his transformation back to human yeah. again. Yeah. Losing the beard, losing the haircut, and cuts himself, makes himself look like how he looked when they saw him. Last, yeah. Which is kind of sweet. Yeah. It's a great moment. And here we are watching people in, in uh, oh, there was China, now we're in London. Yep. And again, you and I weren't around for the for the moon landing or for Apollo 13. Like, that. those aren't experiences that we had. Maybe, I mean, the way that I, I've been told stories about those, people were glued to to uh, accounts of it. So sure. maybe around the world. <clears throat> I remember when the uh, the first photos of, uh, was it Pluto? They finally got photos of this like a couple of years ago. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there was like a, <laughs> clearly we weren't glued to our telephones, but they were sending back the first images ever and yeah. everyone was super excited and they were all over the internet and people yeah. watched. So it, yeah, I remember it still happens. I mean, I was glued to Twitter. Yeah, Twitter or Facebook or and something. And dumb jokes. Yeah. But people are glued to CNN and yeah. stuff. So yeah, like yeah. It's, it's entirely believable. Yeah, here he is finally talking to somebody. It's the first person he's talked to, like yeah. voice to voice. Yeah. And when he gets all teared up, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean... Tell that asshole no barrel rolls. <laughs> Copy that, Mav. What does Mav mean? Uh, Mars, they said it. Mars something vehicle. Oh, he's on the Mav. That's yeah. right. The Mars yeah. Ascension vehicle. vehicle. Mars astronaut vehicle. I'm going to say Ascension vehicle, even though it's wrong, but it's more right than astronaut vehicle. But one, astronaut's a thing that's there. Sure, astronaut's <laughs> a thing, but we don't refer to Maybe your... It's a Mars your, astronaut virus? We don't refer to your vehicle as a Earth uh, person <laughs> vehicle. Yeah, we do. An, an EPV? Yeah. First person We're going to take the EPV down to the theater after this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I understand for everyone else, this is the tense part, or not tense part of the film, this is a payoff part of the film, 
you've been getting building to this. I have seen this film so many times. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. Like <laughs> they're watching him launch off Mars. Yeah. yeah. For me, this is just it's noise. It's loud noises. I want it to go away. Mm-hmm. But of course, something goes wrong. Yeah, a, a little bit. But it again, um, other than the the disco music, which feels antiquated, but is supposed to feel antiquated. Yeah. Not a lot of contemporary references, except for he's about to pull the Iron Man. Yeah, that's out. right. Which is weird, right? It yeah. sort of stands out. It's going to date the film, mm-hmm. where in a way that the disco music won't. In fact, the disco music will become a better reference 20, 30 years. Is from that now. from the book Iron Man? Does he make? I Iron think it Man? is. Yeah. 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 So when the guy was writing it, Iron Man must have just come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's also what he does. Yeah. He pulls an Iron Man, but it, it's. I, Oh, I guess Time Magazine. Eventually, Time Magazine will be gone. Uh, the, what's going to age this movie is that we'll eventually have gone to Mars, and that's will never. You know what? I'm not convinced so... we'll ever go to Mars. Yeah. Uh, Aren't they planning that now? They're planning it, but I don't. That doesn't mean they're going to do it. Sure. Okay. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Back to automatic guidance. Shutdown confirmed. Like you're right. Eventually, we'll go to Mars. Fuel reserves depleted. But I think films will be antiquated by the time that happens. I don't have a lot of faith in in the ability of government to do. We just drove around Mars like not too long ago. Yeah, but we drove around it. We didn't send human beings there to probably die on the planet. But it is the next mission, right? It's the next big thing they're going to do. They're not going to go to Jupiter first. They're not going to like... No, you'll die on Jupiter. Yeah, they're not going to go somewhere else. They're going to Mars first. That's the next place we land people. Yeah. Right. Although we still haven't sent more people back to the moon. So I don't know. Like, Maybe. Personally, I think we need to develop a moon base first. Like, yeah, go to the so moon, too. build a moon base. I don't know why we haven't done that yet. Just send more people to the moon. Yeah. Everyone should go walk on the moon. You know why we haven't? Why? Because we didn't go to the moon in the first place. <gasps> so staged. Can I just say, and if you're one of those people who believe the lunar landing is staged, you might want to shut this podcast off because I think those people are dumb. I think they're right. I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm going to leave you on Mars. <laughs> Do I believe that it's possible that we could stage something like that? Yeah, totally. We could we could stage something like that. I think it's entirely possible that it could have been staged. Oh, are we having a moment where we're... Um, I think it's entirely possible that it could have been staged. But I think it's just... Uh, if you believe that, you're also the kind of people who believe... Um, you, you just don't trust any sort of experts whatsoever, which is kind of lousy i'm really hoping that we I'm just having some technical difficulties <laughs> i'm just having some technical difficulties it's cool uh, i don't think i'm recording the movie anymore that's okay that's fine okay hold on i'm gonna just no 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 don't stop we'll just keep going it's fine if we're not recording the movie okay <laughs> see this is one of those few moments where people are getting live problems oh you can't hear the movie now, but that's okay. We've got subtitles. It's fine. It's the end of the film. Yeah, so this is... Here he is. This is where he's gonna, He's waking up now. He's going to do the Iron Man thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all... It's it's just all good beats, and it all works. And and and, and it, it's the last problem that they're going to face. <laughs> Poke a hole in the glove of my EVA suit. What a stupid idea. Who would make that plan? Well, I mean, 
it is thrust, right? Like, you know that it's thrust. Yeah, and it just seemed like such a dangerous thing to do. Like, this is the part where I think when Theo and I talked about this movie that I was like, uh, this whole part at the end feels kind of gravity-like with, like, these more and more last-minute problems. Yeah. But it is, like, how do you, like, what else would happen? Would he just fly and then they'd catch him and then they'd go home? Like, yeah. that's kind of, that's it? Yeah. That's it. You got to have something happen. You got to have something so, go on. I think this, this, like, the little bit of a mistake is pretty good in using air as thrust and iron manning and stuff. Yeah. The part that comes up here when he goes to get like the bomb and do like the explosion or something like that. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It blows up a little bit of the shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not such a bad idea. Yeah. Using atmosphere as thrust. And the thing for me is that I would have been fine if they had used the atmosphere as thrust and then he didn't do the Iron Man. Like the Iron Man thing causes her to think about the, to do the same thing on the ship. And then he doesn't need to do the, th- do the Iron Man thing. Right. Because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. He solved the problem. Yeah. But instead, they do that, and then he does the Iron Man thing, too, because let's why not? We're two hours into this movie. Let's add one more tense moment. Yeah, and it's the funny part of, like, um, hey, Vogel. Yeah. Um, uh, can you make a bomb? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, excuse me? What, what was that? Can you make a bomb with what we have on board? Yeah. Uh, Commander, yes. <laughs> you guys making a bomb without me? Yeah, it's all a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but it's also in some ways kind of uh, not a callback to Alien, but it has that same sort of beat again, where in Alien, they, how do they defeat the alien? They launch it out into space. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. The last thing they do in this film to solve the problem is they, again, they shoot up an airlock. Shoot up an airlock? That sounds like a weird way to say exactly what I was saying. No, it's what they do, though. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is amazing how long it feels watching it now. Like, normally, I don't don't think this, this sequence all feels this long. It just feels very long, I think, because we've been talking for two hours straight. Yeah, it's pretty. At this point, like. It's pretty intense, yeah. I am amazed that most director's commentaries don't fall off into madness towards the end. Yeah, totally. So this is him making the bomb. Yep, just him making a bomb. And and it it is believable to me because I know I don't know how easy it is to make a bomb. Cesus, please don't uh, listen to this podcast. But I think it's this easy. You just put ammonia and stuff and salt and sugar, sugar, sugar and ammonia in a jar and then light it on fire and throw it at stuff. There are probably other steps, but I think, you know, I think no, it is it. fairly you easy to put make. those in a jar and shake it and throw it. That's all it takes. <laughs> I mean, if you have something that explodes, you basically, you have a bomb. You're, you're right. Yes. If uh, a can, a can of soda, if you shake it up, it turns into a bomb. Totally. You throw it, it explodes. Not very effective. <laughs> no, no, it it's more messy. Mm-hmm. But if you freeze it and it explodes, shrapnel. The shrapnel's really what hurts people. Well, have you ever frozen a can of soda? Nope. Put a can of soda in the freezer. It doesn't. Shrapnel doesn't happen. The can just breaks apart. There you go. But like, it's not dangerous. So the glass then. Yeah, glass. Or yeah, when you take something when out of the freezer and you throw it in the when, uh, when a beer sink. explodes uh, in, in the freezer, it explodes glass everywhere. It's terrifying. That that does sound terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this where she kisses him? Yeah. The kiss. And that then that moment is really it. sweet. Mm-hmm. 
And then when she says, don't tell anyone I did that for me, I'm in love with these characters. Oh, I don't care. It's gotta, there's got to be protocol, but <laughs> love in space. Yeah. You're not allowed to date. That's just awkward. Yeah. It just makes, makes the mission terrifying, terrible. Well, it gets to that whole question, like, sending sending people who are attracted to each other into space, that seems like a bad idea. Hmm. Like, you should send a bunch of ugly people into space who are all heterosexual and then only send a single... A single uh wouldn't it make more sense just to send like professional people into space yeah who, like mark one is a professional but he's going on about a crazy space pirate but but who can like make the difference between like you know what you should do on this mission and what you shouldn't do and like know what's ethical and things and, and stick to that well what you, it's 500 days in space you don't think people are gonna be like um let's maybe have some sex in space yeah that's why this so she kissed him there because they they mutinied they're not they're not part of nasa anymore they're a rogue mission <laughs> This is Rogue One, basically. This movie. Yeah, this is. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not as good as Rogue One. Rogue One's a superior movie. <laughs> That's for you, Andrew. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why this part happens. There's like this him flying through space. I feel like they just needed to fill some action sequence, and they wanted astronaut flying through space. Sure, it's faster. Again, we need. These are all actors that wanted more screen time. So I don't know if they were like, I want more screen time. I think they just wanted more astronauts in space floating around. I guess we'll never know. It's an unknowable. It's unknowable. We could ask somebody. We could. We could probably watch the director's commentary for this. Actually, this that's not what we're doing right now. We're making the director's commentary. Dave. Hold on. Um, I'm just gonna email Ridley. I'm sorry. I'm emailing Ridley. <laughs> I was too busy listening to the <laughs> to the movie. Dear Ridley. Dear Ridley. Two things. Is Ridley really your Was first this name? your decision or the actor's? And can we trust you to tell the truth? Do your friends call you Rid? R. Scott. That's a weird name, Ridley, right? Yeah, it is kind of a weird name now that you think of it. Is that why the name of the character in Alien is Ripley? Because it's like Ridley, but... That just blew my mind. D upside down? The main character in Alien is called Ripley. And the director is Ridley. And both of those are equally thought through names. Yeah, like did he name name her Ripley because that's his name? I don't know. It's kind of ridiculous. Hmm. Never thought about it. I hadn't until this, this moment. So if nothing else came of this podcast, at least now... Ripley and Ridley is yeah. stuck in everyone's brain. Well, that's also the weird thing of uh, of Ridley and Alien was written as a male. Well, n- with no real gender in mind. Like it was just yeah. written as a character. He yeah. didn't know. It didn't, it didn't matter if it was going to be a male or a female because yeah. it, it doesn't. And that was a nice little touch about that movie that I like. And the character comes across just like a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, America's sweetheart Sigourney Weaver. Here we go. Not enough rope to get to Mark. Oh. Even though the captain, of course, the captain had to decide to do it herself because she feels responsible, so she has to be the one to save him. Yep. I and like all that. I like all this. I yep. like all this. But but this part where he Iron Man's is No, I'm is, I'm okay with it because it's the kind of dumb thing that a kind of crazy person would do. Yeah, and it is what makes it into a comedy all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> that he is Iron Manning. <laughs> And I like how they just point out that it's such a stupid idea, and then he still does it. And then he still does it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I... I mean, what's the option, though? Die? I guess that's the option. Yeah, that's the other option. Or push, just jump? 
that would not be enough because he would this is this is He'd how get stuck in gravity he would have the same yeah he wouldn't he wouldn't be gaining much on otherwise he just keeps falling in a circle around mars forever. yeah and then die mm-hmm. like super die and and then even one more thing has to go wrong just barely though <laughs> they lose grip but he grabs the cord he's fine and gets wrapped around in it and it's all fine and it's great mm-hmm. and here it is this lovely like spinning through space as they slowly and it's really pretty looking and they dance toward each other yep with mars in the background yeah it's nice that devil planet it's great it's a nice like it it kind of yep yeah, it's good. There she is pulling hard on the rope. It feel it looks like she's like in a space love seat or like a lazy boy, a space lazy boy. She is. I got him. Oh. Yay. In the uh in the book they explicitly have a line where they uh they they say something like um the astronauts don't all meet him at the airlock because this isn't a, this isn't some Hollywood movie. And then what happens in the Hollywood <laughs> they movie? Because who's flying? Like they're they got, yeah, they they're all going to meet him there in yeah, that airlock. Laugh. You have terrible taste in music. It's so funny. Yeah. First thing he's like, I've, for three years or however long I've been on Mars for two years, I need to tell you, you have terrible taste in music. Terrible taste in music. <laughs> And then we see everyone on the planet. And now the cheering. entire world is happy. And then I think there's a shot of an Ewok village dancing here. Yeah, yeah, there's an Ewok village and Vader is a ghost is in the background. Yeah, everyone's so happy we saved Mark Watney. Yay, he's been successfully rescued. La 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 la. And this is great. And we're about to have what should be the end of the movie right here. Like... I don't even care that they go with the Hollywood ending here where they all meet him at the airlock. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good beat. They all love him. They're all, they all saved his life. Everyone's crying and sad. And this is all solid. Mm-hmm. And the very last shot of the film should be them shooting away from Mars. Like this, the you last think, I, shot. I think I like that it goes on one more scene. You, you like that it goes on for the weirdest scene in the entire movie? A great scene. So here's here's like so this part is all great. They cheer. Oh, he stinks because he's been in space. This is all fun. Like I like this. This is good. But you can't just like fade out the movie. Like this is how it ends. They just all hug him and then that's it. And then it goes to black. Goes to, no. And it's it, over. See. And then look. And then we see this is Earth. our lovely mirror of the first shot of the sun rising on Mars. Now the sun's rising on Earth. Great. Yeah. What a lovely image. And this little like um what would you call it like a coda. Coda, the um, postscript, epilogue. The, the epilogue um, of him. The only thing I don't like about it is that they like grayed his hair a little and made him look older. Which well, I, think so. I mean, um, but I've the, had two years of grad school and my hair is graying. But the him reaching down and touching the thing and says, "Hey there again," and mirrors that scene from before. Unnecessary, because this isn't a potato. This is just a plant growing in the ground. (laughs) But this part I like where everyone's marching, and they say, morning, sir. They all know him. It's super great. He's, like, famous, because he's famous now. And then they're going to do, they're going to have the Chevron pop up and say Soul One, or did they do that already? No, it says Day One. And that happened already, or does that happen? I think it happens right now. I think so, too. That would have been fine for me, this being the last shot. Day One. Day One, and then it cuts. Mm -hmm. We don't need this... 
I like this scene because this scene of him in this classroom where he explains that this is what's gonna, like he's training astronauts now. This is yeah. what's going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. You can give up and die or you can get to work. Yeah. Do the math. I like it. It's just kind of him being a teacher. And it makes me think of Goodwill Hunting, which I like. <laughs> yeah. Like the character from Goodwill Hunting goes on to become. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how he farmed in his own poop. Yeah. Did yeah when you were stranded there? Did you think you were gonna die? Yes. It's kind of like this, like inspirational. But who's this inspirational message for? This is to us, the audience. If you want to be an astronaut, this is this. Yeah, but that's not what this is, because for us, it's too late. We've already missed our shot to be astronauts. Yeah, but that doesn't make us feel like maybe I could be still inspiring to us. No, but like, like the message, like the message doesn't exactly apply on Earth either. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not like every day you're going to feel like you're going to die, but you solve one problem, then the next. It kind of does. It applies to every time you're in a situation where you think you're going to die. Yeah, but we, how, how often does that happen? Daily, man. Every day. <laughs> I just... But it, this part, this part, questions, and everyone puts up their hands. Because yeah. of course they all have questions. <laughs> of course they all have questions, yeah. yeah. And then these last few th- scenes, which... The I credit sequence is fantastic, Yeah, right? credit sequence is fine, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but it is, the credit sequence is, is beautiful, and it shows like... She's doing the press stuff still. Mm-hmm. Vincent's not allowed to talk to the media. <laughs> yeah. He's still the director. He's still the director. Yep. Uh, the um, what's-her-name is still working there. Yep. Oh, they do let Vincent talk to the press. Um, this time we hope to bring all the astronauts back. It's funny. <laughs> um, we see uh, what's-her-name again. What's-her-name? Yeah, it's good. Mindy? It's good. Mindy Parker? And I think this is... And we see the astronauts launching back up into space, and it's like, look, oh, China. Yeah, Martinez is together. the only one who gets to go back. We have uh, we have Rick Brunel standing in the doorway, staying out, kind of showing their roles. But the beauty is this: like everyone watching the launch, right? Like it's yeah. like astronauts, no matter what. Yeah. If you're a space person, except for her. No, even her, she stops. Doesn't she shut out. it off before they go? No, she oh, no, stops she working out to go watch the you're launch. Right. They are in the hospital and they have a baby. Yep. And they're like watching the launch because yeah. they're astronauts. They can't not. Yeah. And I kind of like that this is the thing that unites them all. Like this. Yeah, it's this all great. want to explore. I think yep. this is beautiful credit scenes. It's a lovely, lovely set of beats. And I think it's all great. I'm okay mm-hmm. with this as the credit sequence. I think this would have worked just as effectively without. No, because like it, this is the thing is if it goes from your shot of like. No, even no. I even concede the last shot should be him on Earth and the day one, and then fade. And then it it goes to this of everyone being happy all of a sudden because this because there needs to be something to get from that day one to this segue, right? And that's what that scene does is it segues it through and it ends with that. Any questions? Everyone's hand goes up. Funny joke, and now we can go into like maybe you're right. There needs to be something that gets us here. We can't just cut to it. (laughs) (laughs) And this is so good, like it shows. Yep. We get to say goodbye to every single one of the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially Eddie Coe. <laughs> Eddie Coe, an important important character that we love. Oh, there it is. Good old Eddie Coe. Oh, Chiwete. I feel terrible every time I can't pronounce his name. Oh, man. But we already had this shot. Yeah, and then there it is officially to end it one more time. Earth. A Ridley Scott film. Looks just like yeah. 
2001 A Space Odyssey. And it well, ends with the stars the way it starts. And then I Will Survive comes on, which yeah. is just so perfect. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, for tuning in. I'm if you if you sat and watched listened to all two hours of Dave and I watching The Martian, mm-hmm. uh, good for you. Yeah, and um, I guess as far as final thoughts go, um, I still like this movie, man. I could watch it again. Yep, I'm gonna I'm no problem watching it again tonight when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and the only time we'll do this again is for the sequel, The Martians. Is that what it's going to be called? Sure. I don't know. It's just going to be called Martians. <laughs> and there's going to be all these. Martians. And yeah. they're all going to get attacked. And it's like, they're inside the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aliens will attack yeah. the the Mars colony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the like uh, sequel, maybe prequel, maybe just whole new show called um, um, uh, called Pro Martiania. <laughs> <laughs>